Hello, welcome to the Honest War Gamer. I'm your host Rob, the Euro Homunculus, and I'm joined by Mr. Nathan Prescott on the AOS Monday Show. Hello, Nathan. Hello. How's it going? Mr. Homunculus, man. Really really good. Thanks so much for asking back. That's lovely of you. Mr. Adam Mumford today. Hello, Adam. All right. That's all I've got. I've I've used all my energy. Okay. What, rolling four-ups? Too many four pluses. (laughs) Four pluses. Four pluses. Little side note. uh, Dan, Dan, hello. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fantastic. What's your favorite dinosaur, Rob? (laughs) Yeah, if I can put you on the spot. Minute one. Stegosaurus. Terrible. Lame. What? Yeah. No, obviously the correct answer is Ankylosaurus. Why? Like, obviously. Because he's like rocket. Nah, fuck them. They're like they're ankle biters. Yeah, they're just okay. pretentious. Like an Ankylosaurus, he's chilling out, but he's got like a hammer for a tail. But I'm pretty sure he was a herbivore, so he'd just be like munching on some plants and then like fuck him up with a hammer and be like, yeah, gotcha. So obviously he's the best. I'm not an Ankylosaurus yeah. gang. Nathan, what about you? Uh, pterodactyl. <laughs> a pterodactyl? Can fly. Mm, yeah, I, okay, had, I get that. They yeah. had feathers, apparently. Really? Yeah. That's fine by me. <laughs> good, good. Because <laughs> I was worried that you would be concerned by that, but I'm glad that yeah. you've... Uh, that's good. Adam, what was yours? Velociraptor. Velociraptor. Okay. They also had feathers. Like also small and annoying, isn't it? They're, they're powerful, though. Powerful in packs, like Team Lit. Just remember mm. that. Like yeah, cockatrices. And cockatrices. Oh, yeah. True. So, yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, today's show, today's show is uh, is actually a little bit of a stretch for us. I'm not going to lie. We are. Well, first, I'm, I'm going to ask the hosts how they are. We're going to shoot the shit about some news and stuff. But then after that, and this is pretty wild, so don't get too excited. We're going to talk competitive Age of Sigma. And now I know we don't generally tend to do that on a Monday. Yeah. Generally, even though we're more of a narrative channel, and some would say we're actually uh, the the denizens of competitive Age of Sigmar, but some would disagree with that as well. So we might actually talk about things in the game, but don't hold us to that. I'm not sure if we're going to get there, because I do think Nathan went to a tournament the other day, so I don't know, strap yourself in. This could be three hours. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go backwards. Dan, how have you been? What have you been up to? I'm good. Uh, I'm just uh, back into the rat race, working on set. Uh, we've been to some truly stunning and beautiful uh, locations, but we've been doing massive days. So it's uh, so I'm like propped up by caffeine and uh, and and scenery and beautiful Canadian scenery. Um, so which is surprising how far you can get on some majestic fucking mountains and rivers and things. It's uh, it's super nice, Canada, right? I, I'll be there in three weeks. I'll be there in three weeks at the Capital City Bloodbath. Uh, if you don't have anything to do, come check it out. Um, I will be covering the 40k element, but I hope to see some of my Age of Sigmar boys, girls, MBs, and everything in between and around those. Uh, that would be super fun. So please do say hello. But you've been generally okay, Dan. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been majoritively okay like not even just generally okay like like it's a yeah we're in a good place i broke my finger uh i think i mentioned that a couple of shows ago and check it out i can now move it this far mm. oh Look yeah at that. that's yeah oh so i can almost almost hold a paintbrush 
which is very exciting. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, Adam, Adam, brother yes. Dawn. Okay. I still don't understand. Could you just explain that to me more? I'm not explaining it anymore. It's a funny joke for the eight people who've watched the TV show Foundation or have read the book by Asimov. But other than Are you that, sure? I think it's funny, but that's not but an is, issue. But is it funny? I like it. Um, All right. So You do ha- you. Like, you yeah, do your thing, you know? I'll, I'll travel on my journey. How are you, your big babe? Oh, I've just been taking names. Okay, good. Do you want to find out? Find out Warhammer's easy. How easy is Warhammer? <laughs> Just roll four ups. Just roll four ups. Do you want to? Do you want to let the audience in on what you're uh, referencing? It's what a tournament, isn't it? Okay, so for the podcast own. listeners, thanks for listening, by the way, uh, and staying hydrated. Adam has showed to the screen what looks to be a stripper's hat. Hat. Because it is. <laughs> <laughs> I like feathers. I like stuff. <laughs> Uh, I just had a sip of coffee, you fuck. Why would you say that? <laughs> Wait, so it's a gladiatorial uh, helmet. I don't really know. It's just like... Okay, <laughs> maybe Nathan, fan of the show, and also, weirdly, fan of masks and helmets. Uh, Nathan, have you seen one of those recently? Yeah. There were some dudes wearing like some fluorescent ones at a festival the other day. They Why can't I win one of those? Yeah. They were pretty cool. I don't mean, like... Was there was there a Warhammer at the event? No, but there should be, I reckon. Warhammer rave. Warhammer techno. And the forest. Nathan, are you suggesting yeah. that we all take mushrooms and play Warhammer? Well, yeah, there's that's an obvious thing that you have to do in life. Of course. Yeah. Or why would you play Warhammer without it? We should just do a GoFundMe. We should just do a GoFundMe. Like a Kickstarter. Rob and Nathan Battle Report, both on mushrooms. £25,000. <laughs> you are, Adam. Just do it for free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were living on the weekend. Yeah, that's true. We, yeah. would, ha- we would do it for free. That's true. Uh, I'm just jealous. Of just like a microdose tournament where everyone has to start the morning at breakfast. You know, they're having their bacon and eggs and then they start microdosing and then they keep it going for the entire event. So by the end, like the last round, they've built up such a high amount in their system. They're like... Uh, like listening to orders from their models being like he wants to retreat he can't he can't do it it's like, he can't hack it yeah he Ariel, he no not now okay yeah. later yeah. <laughs> stop it yes thank you roger now it's fine roger says sounds like a great warm-up sideshow for worlds in holland <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's go. Let's go. Um, all right. Adam, you went to a tournament this weekend, and what you are alluding to is that you did very well at the tournament. You went 5 0. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. Won five games out of five. Five out of five. That's Ooh. 100% win rate. That's great. Uh, Dan and Nathan might not be 100% certain what was in your list, so and neither may the listeners no. be. So could you let us know what was in your list? I assume lots of enlightened because they're pretty good. Oh, I took Beasts of Chaos Army. Okay, good. Really strong. In the standard all heard. They have been doing okay. Like We've seen them perform yeah, quite yeah. well. Yeah. Great yeah. Army. Do you want to know like, what their know. current Agency Noir 3.3 stats are, Dan? Absolutely. Thanks to uh, Ziggy and Rob, the current stats for Beasts of Chaos is only 51%. So, average. So, average army, right? Yeah. yeah. You know? But I was like, you know what? I can improve this. Okay, okay. good. Take us on so, the journey. I took the uh, Dragonoga Shagoth. 
as my general. Because, yeah. you know, as you do, right? You take yeah. him. Sick. He had the command trait and the artifact. I still don't know what they do. Um, which is kind of <laughs> awkward. I didn't read them. So hopefully I didn't mess anything up. I, so um, uh, I, can I, I'm so sorry. I do want to hear this, but we need to go back a bit. We've got to go okay. back a bit. Talking about Nathan being in a festival. Let's rewind. Let's... Some of you may wonder how I ended up at this tournament with this army list. Well, yeah, let me tell you the two days previous. Adam, when you got there, because it was obviously on a Saturday and Sunday, fr- did you stay over Friday night? I did, yeah. Where? Yeah. Where was the event? Uh, it was in Telford. Okay, Telford, Telford. I don't sure. know where that is either. <sighs> North, probably. West. Yeah. Somewhere. West of England. Northwest, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. and uh, okay, and then where did, so did you stay at a friend's house? Did you stay uh, in a hotel? I didn't, no. Okay. No, I decided that was quite expensive. That's fine. Yeah, a hotel, yeah. uh, they're rather pricey at the moment. It was like £100 a night. Wow. Who's got that type of money? Yeah, who, no I, one. Not in today's I can economy. tell you, definitely not me. Um, but I did find, I Googled, I Googled around, and um, there was this lovely field. Uh, like, there was... <laughs> Hello. Okay, hold on. Was this like a, like a field four people to stay in or you just saw there was a field yeah that's like like was this was this actually an available field or were you like there's just some empty space on this land <laughs> well to be fair to start with i did just see a field and i was like oh maybe i could just put a tent up and then i thought i should probably be a bit official you know i don't want to you know just be one of those people uh and i i, I found a campsite and they uh, for for one night they wanted ten pounds. That's ten percent of the price of a hotel, bro. It is. That's it great. Is. So, yeah. uh, ten pound for the night. So I spent two nights there. I was like, I'll oh, splash out. I'll go for two nights instead of one. <laughs> and how was that? Honestly, it was the best weekend of like staying somewhere like ever, because like I had it rained. And they had that like, pitter-patter of rain on the tents. And I was like, oh, hello. You know, snuggled up. on Obviously, on, on my airbed, because I'm, I'm not an animal. Okay. Of course. Like, you know, with my electrical hookup, because I found an extension lead and just ran it along to my tent. <laughs> in the rain. Cold. Yeah, in, yeah. In the rain. <laughs> okay, good. It worked. I needed to charge my phone. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Oh, she I, did. I, if if without my phone, I've got no war scrolls. I've got no books. So you know. That's true. I, That's true. <laughs> it's it's almost as if because <laughs> I was worried your books would be wet, but then I realised that you'd put them all inside your phone. I did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. They're good. All on my phone. Yeah, um, okay. And rather than books, they're screenshots. So you know. Yeah. Uh... Um, and I I had my army in the tent, which was nice. So I had that there. And it was only about twenty minute drive to the um, venue as well, and it was it was lovely. Uh, Matt came and joined me on the Saturday night. He pitched up his tent. And Wait, so I... so it now became a, a tenting event. It did, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. amazing. At one point there was going to be like eight people, and they all bailed because they're losers. They are or, losers. Or they did the cost benefit. Like uh, all I'll say is like I love camping. Don't get me wrong. I truly enjoy it. But I can think of nothing worse than standing over a table for two days and then being like, "Hey, what are you going to go sleep in?" And instead of being like a bed, be like an inflatable mattress or a rolled out piece of foam. Well, the funny part was uh, Matt forgot his uh, rolled up piece of foam. Oh, his poor back. 
Oh, he's, he's Welsh, though. He's Welsh. That, uh, he's that's not it. a problem. Yeah, he's oh, so they it. don't actually feel yeah. anything ever. I don't um. think. I think they're, they're still con- they're still contemplating how to say the words they've got to say in their language. They're like, oh, and just fall asleep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's just not called for, is it? No, it's just you know, not called for. Apologies. Thank Apologies. You. Don't cancel. Um, I'm going to. Um, but he decided halfway through the night to wake me up to grab a chair out of my tent and ended up, instead of sleeping in his tent, to just sit there all night. Uh, so from like two o'clock in the morning till <laughs> I woke up, he sat in a field with a can of cider. And right. honestly, we had the best time. <laughs> so like, Because it's really awkward because uh, me and Matt were playing each other uh, game four. So like we both like spent the night, you know, chatting away by the tents with our ciders and then going, wait, shit, I don't like you anymore. And part of me was debating, like, just burning his tent down halfway through. <laughs> mm. Like, pulling a fire festival on him and just being like, here's a piece of cheese, you chud. So, uh, this yeah. is actually the cutest story in the world. You and your friend it went is. camping and also dominated <laughs> the Age of Sigmar tournament experience. Okay, good. Just easy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I attribute all my success to that, to be honest. Okay, so because um, you were playing Beast of Chaos, so you, you connected with nature. I did, yeah. Mm. yeah. All right, perfect. I connected with nature. Did Matt you connected pee with the in trees. a field? Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Okay, cool. Because that, yeah. that's pretty much like that's eighty percent of how beasts of there chaos. There was there was a toilet block, to be fair. Oh, okay. So no pooping um, in the field. No, no, no. But that was quite far away, so you know. Okay, oh, yeah. I, I'll ask no questions. We, and we get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. We we understand, but we don't question. That's what empathy is, I think. See. I I like to to share a moment with you, Adam. I once went camping at an Age of Sigmar event, nice. and it was truly the worst decision I ever made, uh, because I got fucked by croak twice in one day. In once the tent, or... on the table, and then that night, so it was a Saturday. Okay. I went. This is a this is like a kind of like we don't really have seasons in Australia. We just have summer and then hot summer, especially mm. up in Queensland. Um, so I was camping. And there must have been a frog somewhere in the wheel housing of the car parked, like, oh, beside adorable. my tent. That intermittently, like, like it was like like water torture, because it wasn't constant and it wasn't, like, to time. It would just, like, once every 10 to 30 seconds, it would go... <laughs> and, like, I'd be trying... And it was just loud enough that, like, a pillow over the head, nothing would stop it. And so, like, I was up for the majority of the night like i even got out like with my flashlight and was fucking looking for this frog being like where are you you bastard so then it kept me up all night so i showed up to the second day and everyone was like how you doing and i was like i have been better like no sleep ready to do it so i was like the fucking croak nailed me twice yeah yeah well i i put on twitter that i was camping um and i think one of the australians did uh reply to it saying yeah we camp all the time and my reply was essentially that's very different camping in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, a place famous for an entire like <laughs> group of people who basically live nomadically because the environment was okay, versus <laughs> a shithole. I was like, "This is at my summer." I don't know if you saw the video. It was literally yeah. raining and dark. That was at like four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> um, You're so... ready. <laughs> All right. Okay. So after you've done camping and connecting with nature, um, yeah. uh, what list did you decide to play with? 
So yeah, I, I, Beast of Chaos, all heard, the standard. So you get command ability, you use it, get an extra summoning point, because, you know, you always need more. Um, and I had a Dragon Ogre Shag off my general with some artifacts and a command trait. I don't know what it was. Um, and then I had a great Bray Shaman to babysit the Herdstone to burn people, or maybe himself if he's feeling naughty. Um, and I took Bellacore as well. Uh, so Bellacore's pretty cool. Bellacore's very cool, yeah. Um, he shuts down a unit for a turn, essentially. Um, if you roll three pluses, I wasn't very good at that, so it didn't really work very well. But I still had him, and he was—he he worked very well. He actually won me two games. Like, literally, his ability alone won me two games. Um, and then I had six Dragon Ogres in one unit, because um, as a standard, you know, Dragon Ogres, unit six, pretty pretty standard, especially with the <laughs> Beast of Chaos four-plus rally. So, you know, some die, you just bring them all back, which is hilarious when you see your opponent's face. Or especially when you take them out of coherency. So that then you kill more, so they're then out of combat, and then in their turn you go, <laughs> rally. Uh, so that's quite fun. That's um, fun. Yeah, and then I took uh, two units of ten Ungor to finish my battle line, but also so because they're galley vets, they can I can have two units in your territory for barge through, um, so it gets me an extra point. So that's why I had two units of galley vets. Um, and then I was like, well, I've still got like a thousand points even with all of that. Um, what would you do with it? Most people would be like. I'll take some Enlightened. They're very good. Two units, Other two, people? A unit of six is like 360 points. It's a bargain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. It's a bargain. Right. I, the other week, took 18 Skyfires. You did? For example. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen much of them like since the early days when they were you know, doing mortals on like three pluses and things like that. We are really, after that, Skyfire stonks went way down. I, uh, Skyfires were fantastic. I enjoyed those. But that, you know, it was a bit of an off-meta pick. But I thought, mm-hmm. hey... I think I can do something even more off-meta here. Um, And uh, invested in not one, not even two, but uh, ten cockatrices. (laughs) Um, For 950 points. 950 points. 95 points each, are they? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Oh, God. So they're pretty cool. They've got eight wounds each. What's their war scroll? I don't. I like. They're like a jabber slap. Oh, I don't think I've you ever like a seen. Deep them. dive on a cockatrice. I yeah, would. So, I would. As as risky as it is I, to say. Can I just tell you some of the stuff that you may not know? So a cockatrice, also called a basilisk, some people wouldn't know they're the same. In the legends, are they, of, are they the same? Yeah, they are. Basilisk is the same. Ah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, in the legends of Hellenistic and Roman times, is a small serpent. Possibly the Egyptian cobra known as Baskilikos, which is a kinglet, um, and are credited with a power of destroying all animal and vegetable life by its mere look or breath. It's and how it's... I get through life. Okay. I was channeling. I just channeled my inner cockatrice. <laughs> you know? um, so, yeah, I took 10 of them because they're eight wounds apiece. Which is a pretty good, you know, that's 80 wounds of cockatrice. Yeah. Which is, you know, quite nice. Uh, they move 12 inches, so they're pretty fast. Um, they, I don't, I mean, their bravery doesn't matter because they're units of one. Um, and they've got six plus save, which is better than no save. That's, that's, so, actually, that's actually true, actually. And with, all, with a missing also, shield, five up, six up. Yeah. Exactly. But it also means that because there's so much rend in the game, you don't have to roll as many dice. Oh, really? True. That's yeah. You're just you're saving yourself time. They're like that's eight wounds at rend one. I'm like fantastic. I'll just take it off. Thank you. And you literally say thank you to your opponent. Um, 
but the <laughs> the main thing about them is that they've got a nice ability which they literally stare at someone i think they mm. use their eyes petrifying gaze oh all right sorry mr narrative it's okay we had gay pride um, yesterday and that's what i was experiencing it's <laughs> just a great joke that's just a great joke and i i, I refuse to, to, to live it down carry on you crack on with that. Yeah. Um, but basically, <laughs> it's a 10-inch shot. So it's quite short range. So you're danger close. All right. But it doesn't hit on anything. It doesn't wound on anything. There's no rend or anything like that. It's just a straight up. Four plus, you do D6 mortal wounds. Four plus D6 Jesus. mortal wounds. And you're taking 10 of them. So to statistically, five D6 five mortal D6 wounds. Five D6 mortal wounds a turn. Which is roughly 17 to 18. Wow. Okay. But if you're me, it's about four. Oh. Okay. So, so you, would you say it worked out well for you over the course of the weekend? No. No, it, it didn't work at all. Um, I was essentially going like this. I'd roll the four plus, And I'd be like, here we go. Here comes the six. Oh, one mortal wound. Oh, okay. Go to the next one. He didn't get the four plus. Next one. No, he didn't get the four plus either. Oh. Uh, uh, it kind of all went wrong. The real power in their war scroll is one of their keywords. Oh yeah, what's their keyword? Monster keyword. But they are not the battlefield role behemoth. That's the one. So, oh boy, oh boy. So they all count as five on an objective, so you can like tippy toe loads on and just keep the objectives. And also, they can all do monstrous actions. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, amazing, truly amazing. So you yeah. just sit there and you like charge it in and go stomp, or you go roar, or uh, what a lot of people like to do against Beast of Chaos player is kill the monsters because they they have a monstrous action that gives you the primordial roar, which gives you more summoning points, okay. and not getting through that many monsters. Okay, mm. so follow up question, uh, Adam. Mm. Uh, were there any? Was it this is an event where incarnates are banned? It was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was that was a bit of an incentive to take it because obviously. Um, monsters, if an incarnate kills a monster it goes up a level. After this weekend I literally couldn't care less because my entire game plan after game one was to stand there and hope. Oh, and for five games it worked. What do you mean stand there and hope? Um, well, I, I realised the mortal wounds wasn't very good. Okay. Um, but my objective taking power was insane. Because of the cockatrices, because, because they all they count, count, because, they all count because they all count as five. Okay, yeah. so nice. you literally you just you just run them forward and you score the objectives, and then as they die, you're building up summoning points, and, then and you put more on. I wouldn't summon anything until turn five. Okay, literally nothing. And by turn five, I was usually on between twenty and thirty summoning points, and I'd summon a hundred angle. <laughs> That is the chaos oh. I was not expecting. A <laughs> hundred Ungor. And why specifically Ungor, Adam? Just take objectives, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Because like, they're galley so vets. They are. Um, and the fun part is over the entire weekend, um, so I played, obviously, five 2,000-point armies. That's 10,000 available kill points. I got less than 2,000. Less than 2,000 over the course of the weekend? In one game, I got 120. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and you won the it. game. And I won the game. 
Okay. Uh, in my final game versus Dan, I got like 400. Okay. When I played Matt, I got 65. Okay. Okay. I realise you don't actually need to kill anything to win Age of Sigmar, do you? So you just get you just the run. gold. You just run around and just hope you don't die. Because you've got eight wounds, people have to split their shots, which means they're going to fluff the rolls a lot of the time. Mm. That's crazy. That's crazy. Also, you just mess with your opponent and be like, can you kill this one? And then when they do, you give them a handshake and go, cool, cool that's now my summoning pool. Because I didn't bring any extras. <laughs> and they feel a little bit debilitated by that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. It, it was fantastic. All right, good. Um, uh, okay, so that's, I mean, that's pretty amazing, uh, especially like, because I thought when I read it, I was like, okay, that's going to have just popped off, right? You're going to have no. just been like, I just rolled fours. I kept rolling sixes. I was just like, delete that, delete it. Because like, truthfully, two of them obviously could just like do 12 mortal wounds, you know, when yep. they pop off. Like, like, every so often that. it did happen. I think it happened twice. So like one turn, I, I did about 20 mortal wounds. The yeah, issue okay. is because you're so close to things, if you're committing to that, that's when they can kill them. So you literally just backboard mm. them all and then you just fly around and bl block board space and you do interesting things. And then with Bellacore, anything that's a threat to killing more than one in the turn, you stop that unit. Yeah. So like, there was a point where someone, I was playing Soul Blight, he summoned his 20 Graveguard in sort of a line and lined them up to basically kill about five in a turn. That turn, I stopped that unit. Okay, amazing. So, how, so would you describe Bellacore as being useful in the army? It genuinely won me two games. Like, oh, literally nice. won me two games. Mm. Okay, um, which which two and why? Uh, so, I won game two versus a Stormcast player. Uh, it was the instant, the new instant win mission, which is an absolute faff, if you've read that, by the way. I have, I have, yes. I don't think anyone still understands how it works. Um, but basically, uh, you control, you can start controlling the objectives on, you can control your home, home one in turn two. Mm -hmm. Then if you control your home one, you can start to control the middle one. And then if you control the middle one, you can go for their home one. And if you control all three, you instantly win. Okay. Um, so in that game, uh, the Stormcast player basically translocated a unit of 10 protectors in my face. And I was like, that's fine. You know, he might kill the six. He probably won't kill the six dragon ogres with 10 protectors because they don't actually have that output. Hmm. Oh, I, I was wrong. <laughs> you were uh, wrong. Very, very wrong. Oh, uh, no. He charges, charges them forward, turn one, gets the nine-inch charge, and I'm like, oh, okay. Bearing in mind, he's also put other things down, gets all the nine-inch charges, and I'm like, ah, okay, maybe we're in trouble, turn one. He kills the six Dragon Ogres outright, because he does 17 mortal wounds with his soul mace Oh, with things. the maces, yeah. Yep. Wow. I was like, right, fantastic. Kills, like, all my Ungor screens. Um, and I was like, ah! Oh, no, we're in a little bit of trouble here. He then wins the double turn. Uh -oh. I was like, oh no, you're going to kill all my cockatrices. And then I was like, my god, a minute. I literally, so I had to leave the game at that point because I get very stressed out when I'm playing the Warhammer. Like, genuinely, like, it, it, it sometimes just goes up. And I said to him, I've just got to take a break because this is like, you know, when you have one of those turns where it all mm. just goes wrong. Yeah. I was like, I just need to slip out for five minutes. So I dipped out. And I said to myself, what am I doing? This unit's not scary. I've got Bellacore. Fucking idiot. Walked back in and went, Bellacore. Cool. Right, crack on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so we then had a unit of 10 protectors stood in front of my army doing literally nothing and I was like protecting Sweet. you protecting yeah, you were standing there yeah. like um, we now work for Bellacore it was awesome um, and then because he took the turn into turn 2 at the end of his turn I got control of my home objective because you obviously check control at the end of player turns of course 
And then in my turn two, I tippy-toed three cockatrices onto the middle objective, which I meant I had 15, he had 14, so I controlled that one. I then won the double turn after summoning a Chimera and 10 Ungor by his home objective. Uh, I won the double turn, moved them on the objective, won the game. Oh, perfect. After losing pretty much my entire army and killing <laughs> one character. <laughs> cool. So Bellicor came in. Is that... Go on, Dad. I was just saying, my favourite part is that in the list that features Bellicor, you were like, oh, shit, I've lost so many of my cockatrices. And then you had to take a moment to be like, Oh, that, that, no, that's right. I actually have, I have Bellacore. I have Bellacore. Yeah, I was like, oh. A thousand points of cockatrices okay. as a joke. And I was <laughs> panicking because I lost them. Like, I like that that's, that was like, you, you got to a point where you'd invested so much in cockatrices that you had to, like, do the mental gymnastics of going back to, like, what's the actual good competitive element of my army? This big-ass monster with all these fancy abilities. That, that happened to me at my event a couple of weeks ago, the same one me and Adam were at. Like, someone yeah. would kill, like, two units of three screamers. I was like what will I do now? And I was like, okay, <laughs> don't worry, Rob. There are a hundred points each. Like, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I really had to like, cause like I, like, I take every death as like, an, I'm like, I will never financially recover from this. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> Someone's like, that your screen's dead. I'm like, oh, well, it's over. This game's over. I concede. It, it, like, oh, you're, I, you're conceding to win the games though. <laughs> oh, I concede here, friend. Oh, yeah. actually, hang on. <laughs> I know that I know that we're we're going through the the game, but just I, we're talking competitively. So I wanted to drop something in here because you mentioned earlier, Adam, that people have to split their fire, right? And I have always been of the opinion: commit much more than you need to kill something for two reasons. The first is what you can do to your opponent. Like there's a little bit of mental games in Warhammer, and that's because it's competitive. If you blast something off the board or like two two things off the board confidently showing confidence you can rattle your opponent so that they make a couple of mistakes in their turn like like you were in that position of doing but if you multi-target things and don't finish them off you actually build their confidence and you can rattle yourself because then you're like fuck i didn't actually take any of their tools off the board and it and so i yeah just when you when it comes to multi-targeting especially with shooting uh it, even if you play the numbers, don't, because the mental game of taking pieces off the board can often really pitch your opponent going into their next turn. The amount of times I'd have like four cockatrices left on a wound, and I'd be like, mm. they still do the exact same thing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's a good, there's a good lesson there, right? Like finish your target mm. off completely. But the kill issue what you is, can. you also can't do that against the cockatrices because if you kill one a turn, I'm winning. Yes, true. No. that's true. So you have to spit fire and basically <laughs> hope. And when it doesn't work, I go, sweet, I've still got them. And I've built up more summoning points. And when they yeah. die, I go, I've still got summoning points, mate. Which is still perfect, right? Yeah. It's yeah. still perfect. Uh, okay, uh, so you had a fun time. Uh, this was where was this where? Uh, it was Shropshire Slaughter in Telford. Wait, Glass, Glass Hammer? Oh, wow. Glass I would have camped then, definitely. Uh, like, <laughs> could have camped inside probably. Uh, <laughs> it's the same difference. That's called squatting, Rob. Yeah, it's not camping it was, at that it point. It was all right there. It was okay. all right. It was right. You're right. Were nice. Uh, so, yeah, table. Let's do a quick, quick classic review. Uh, table height. It was all right. I'm really short. All right. That's fine. No problem. Terrain. Yeah, it seemed all right. Organi I only paid like 35 quid for the ticket. So. Organization. Fantastic. Great. Uh, food. Um, the first day one was like a buffet 
buffet of like sandwiches and things. Now everyone found it amazing. I'm not into that stuff because I don't want people touching my food. Um, but seems, seems fair. Like so, I didn't eat, but everyone else found it amazing. So like, it was good. It's just not my thing. So. Okay, all right. But uh, day two was Papa John's pizza, so I was like, hey, hey now nice. We're in. Uh, so, yeah. What about uh, toilets? Um, questionable. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Uh, you you have to like walk down a street, yeah, like down the road to mm. go into this, like somewhere that I definitely didn't feel safe. <laughs> that's literally that's, the worst review a toilet that's, can that's, have. That's, like, that's, like, that's like... also from the man who slept in a field the night before. <laughs> he was like, "This is fine, but these toilets yeah. not fine." The, okay, I, this face. There is there is something about a toilet because it's you know. You're, you're sitting down, you're taking your pants off, and you're completely exposed and completely vulnerable. I know why dogs look so uncomfortable while they're <laughs> mid-plop. And, like, the last thing you want to do is say, that place is where I don't feel safe. <laughs> it, it was, um, um, awkward. Okay. They had hand dryers, though. They had hand dryers in the awkward toilets. Yeah, they nice. did. They did. Okay. All right, not the, um, not the... The sink was also a bit, um... I'm not sure I actually cleaned my hands. As more of just. What does that mean? Like, I, I don't want to go into detail because I think you'll get cancelled. Uh, <laughs> so, like... uh, a classic uh, from today. All right, perfect. Uh, well, Adam, thanks for the review. Uh, would you go back? Uh, yes, because uh, I am now the champion. Uh, no, actually, I don't think I would because I just want to like bask in glory and never have to defend a title. And admit- 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Correct. I've completed AOS now. You have completed uh, AOS. Is this you your won, first 5-0? Yeah. It is, yeah. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. That's exciting times. And I had to beat um, three of my teammates to get there. Yes, because <laughs> you're in Team Lit, right, which is a yeah. wargaming team. So you've got, like, uh, the tough crowd over in the USA, Wicked Dicey, and now we've got a wargaming team here, Team Lit. Is that correct? Are we gonna be like, we're going to try and be, like, an actual competitive team. What's the like... uh, Yeah, what's the goal for the team? Uh, smash face and do it well. Maybe, uh, maybe encourage uh, Middle England camping trips. Uh, yeah, and also encourage people not to cheat at top tables. <laughs> <laughs> In England, that's going to be a toughie. So crack well, on, Adam. The amount, well, my, me and Matt came up, or Matt and I, I should say, came up with like the team because uh, we basically we play a loads of games. And you'd get to a top table and your opponent would be really stressy. And me and him would literally be sat there basically dancing like, and having a like, fantastic time. Um, and maybe your opponent might do an extra inch on something. And it was always just that awkward conversation you then had to have of, let's not do that. Or we like playing by intent. So you say, cool, I'm in cover, yeah? But your base is slightly hanging off because you don't want it to fall off. And then when they go to hit it, they go, oh, actually, you're not quite in cover. And you just go, fuck off, you prick. Um, so we wanted to make a team that just includes people that don't do that, and so we can shit on those that do. Cool. Okay. Mm. Uh, so it's basically a passive-aggressive team, because um, that's my <laughs> that whole Sounds very British. That sounds like. very British. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, okay, that's exciting. Uh, and thanks for coming on the show, because obviously a 5-0 with a very unique meta list um, is... Uh, is I've ver- copied off someone else. Sure, uh, I'm sure you did. Yeah. Uh, which uh, which will be a great conversation for like the the conversation after. Nathan, haven't even found out how you are yet. What up, star of the show? What up, homie? What up, dance commander? Hello, hello. How you are you? What's going on? 
All good, all good. Yeah. Uh, I have not played uh, any Warhammer over the last week or two because we've been off a couple of weeks. But I did play at Clash, like you mentioned, uh, with my gits. That was fun, fun weekend. Uh, got uh, came away from there with a three-two. Uh, yeah, happy with that actually. So yeah, it was good. Been writing lists ever since. Um, kind of interested in playing some. Yeah, some Baltech, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Are there goblins in there? No, then that can fuck off. Uh, so, um, well, you don't know what's inside a robot, Nath. That's the hard truth. Yeah, that's the yeah. truth. Yeah, could just be full truth. of meat. Yeah, you know, like they just like take I doubt sausage it's goblin meat, dump meat, it in though. there. That's yeah. true. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I I have been writing lists. So I'm hoping to get some games in next week. Um, want to go more, um, more bodies, just see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, following on from your cockatrice thing. How I many um, months, like cheap monsters can you get in your list? Uh, yeah. All of our monsters have got the behemoth keyword. Just I'm cheat and take it off. Sure. Not sure. Uh, uh, okay. Don't know. Yeah. I should double check on that, but. Yeah, but I could do it with Grotz, so I'm quite happy to swamp the board with Grotz. Uh, with the four-up rally that you mentioned, that's uh, good times for them. Uh, yeah, that was super useful, that clash. Um, so, yeah. With that, and also, obviously, you can recycle them through the shrine as well. So, yeah, so Try and deny people so the prime objectives more, like yeah. uh, how I think your games were being played. Just play, play the primary. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting kind of feedback from you, Nate. What list did you just quickly run us through it? Like, what list you took at least to Clash? Because you went to Clash, you went three two. Uh, we haven't been live since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I took um, a load of stabbers. So I took a forty and two twenties of stabbers, um, and uh, some sneaky snufflers to buff them, obviously, and spore splatters. So I had loads of attacks coming out of those units. Um, and then I had a, a fungoid cave shaman was my general and I gave him the, um, the boss shaman trait. So it means he could then use the command trait off of the loon boss. <laughs> so, um, marsh crawler trogoth from the cruel boys. Uh, to give everybody plus one a hit. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And oh, and some knights, uh, some more rock bounder knights, and a squid gobber as well. And a squid gobber. How did the squid gobber do? And yeah, a cap and a couple of things. Um, did you just spit on people? Uh, mm. Yeah, I basically just spat on people. Sometimes the spit hurt, and sometimes it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> It was good. That's, that's, that's quite good. That's it quite reflective be. of real life, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it might be the equivalent of your cockatrice. I know it's got the monster. No, it's got the. Has he got the, the behemoth tray? I'll look that up roll. whilst you can. Yeah, the, ten, ten yeah, squid gobbers. Wondering about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. here we go. <laughs> ten squid gobbers. The new meta. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not. Oh, no. I was, I was, I was, I was looking at Fomroid twice, today, bro. Twice the, 
yeah. What, bro? Did you? Uh, yeah, they're, they're twice the points of. Of a yeah, they are. They're very expensive, right? Okay, good. All right, we lost you a bit there on the old www.tinterwebs.com uh, as a thing. Uh, Nathan, uh, just uh, just before we get on with the main subject of the show, is there place, uh, yeah. is there any <laughs> chance you could shout out uh, while I was over in uh, the US of A? I don't know if he's still there. Looks unlikely. <laughs> he he look he actually looks like the way it's frozen. He looks like a mushroom from his background. <laughs> like he's had that background for a year. Like it's been so yeah. good. Yeah, full commitment, full commitment to the bit. I love it. Yeah, Nathan, I, I don't know if you would mind shouting out uh, Nate Trentinelli, your biggest fan over in the USA. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, Nate Trentinelli, how you doing? <laughs> no, his name's Nate. Nate, not Nate. <laughs> Nate, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nate. Yeah, mate. Mate Trentinelli. Yeah, yeah, Matey Trentinelli. Yeah. Do you want to shout him out? Hello, hello. (laughs) Perfect. That's all. That's Nate. I think you just made someone's day, which is uh, which is lovely. Uh, Most professional shout out ever. That's absolutely true. (laughs) I don't know what you're supposed to do for a shout out. (laughs) I don't think I don't think anyone knows what you're meant to do for a shout out. I think that's the key point. Um, Okay. Well, then I've nailed it. You have nailed horns next time. Like, yeah. yeah so did you <laughs> Nate, did you uh so you've been writing more lists what are you most yes. excited about you said you're excited about grabbing and holding objectives yeah yeah so i want to try um i do think i want to try the bigger blocks of goblins so they can go in the 60s so yeah try a couple of them and see if i can grab objectives and uh keep people at bay uh obviously if they've got bounty hunters it could be a problem I did my forty grots did get hit by ten brutes who were bounty hunters, and they had the war chant to buff on them. Uh, and they, they, I mean, there were probably f- six left after that encounter. But then I had this beautiful rally thing, and then by the end of the game, they were virtually all back. So yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. I feel like those big blocks of... Uh, and it's going to probably tie in with my key theme, I think, mm. uh, at the end. Uh, well, sorry, in the main subject of the show. But before we do that, let's quickly talk about news. Uh, the first piece of news is, of course, that Warcry, new Warcry, is being released or has been released. Uh, is anyone here, Adam, Nathan, Dan, I haven't kept up with it super much. I know there's a Hushut uh, unit, but there are no dwarfs, and therefore it is a piece of shit. Um, they actually look like nice sculpts, whatever. Um, but is anyone, any of you three Warcry players and or interested in Warcry? Adam, we'll kick it off with you. Thoughts? Um, I couldn't care less. Okay, um, seems super fun. And I, I, honestly, a, a game I don't care about, I might just try and get it cancelled. Because <laughs> 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 I thought that's the theme. That seems super fair. Uh, mm-hmm. Nathan, Nathan, what about you? No, I've not played it. It looks fun, but yeah, I've not had a, not had the opportunity or the inclination really to play it. Okay, that seems fair. I think actually it's. Oh, I'll say my bit at the end. Uh, Dan, yourself, yourself, good sir. Uh, I've I've played a couple of games of it, and it wasn't really for me. But I have absolutely. There's two of the warbands I've bought and just painted as like a building painting challenge because I really liked them. Uh, but the game itself doesn't doesn't grab me very much. Uh, okay, yeah, all right. Well, so uh, I personally think there's something I'd like to get into this year. Just like throwing it mm-hmm. out there, obviously, 
pay for almost none of it if possible. Uh, but I would, uh, <laughs> I will also put all of the books inside my phone, Adam. Yeah. To, oh yeah. To waterproof them as you did. Just the make sure your phone's charged. Yes, of course. Yes, uh, mm. that is the key. And then if you're sleeping in a field, you can run an extension cable to yourself. As long as yeah, exactly. Uh, but I just think. Uh, I think I think it could be a very cool additional game uh, to throw into the mix. I really do think that. Not necessarily like uh, like I painted a lot of armies over the past few weeks. Um, I've it's, I've been super busy. Like I painted three armies. Me and Adam went to an event. Then I did some other event, and then I was in America and we did another event. There was a lot happening. Like it's been a lot happening, and it's going to continue to be. We've got an event at the arena this weekend. Uh, so and I think there's a couple of tickets left. I think there's two tickets left for this weekend. If anyone wants to come and play at the TSN arena this weekend uh, in Nottingham, um, I'm trying to play myself. I'm hoping to sell just the right amount of tickets so I can play myself. But that's a side note. If you um, want to see the uh, cockatrice meta in person. Yeah, Come to, to the event. Yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna run. I think I'm just gonna run the same zinch list basically. But um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, anyway, but yeah, I think Warcry could be that really fun game. And I've said this time and time again. I think that maybe those games are a little bit more streamable, a little bit more interactive, and maybe a little bit more uh, digestible. But again, I haven't played it in detail. So I was hoping one of you three had, but doesn't seem that that to be true at the moment. Um, so maybe in the future. Uh, the train from Warcry is mint, says Learning Tiny in the chat. Worth it just for that, making beautiful AOS boards. I, I've got loads of printers to make nice boards. Mm. Um, and then generic, a genetic beast lobster says, Warcry is like vanilla ice cream. It exists. That's about it. In the world of Ben and Jerry's, it has no place. Wow. Interesting. Thinks <laughs> it's a bit plain. Okay. That's I love vanilla ice cream. I was going to say, like vanilla ice cream is pretty like great. a good vanilla bean ice cream? Oh, feed it to me. Okay, it's a bit. I just like it it's the cheapest one. Uh, <laughs> and says the guy in a field with his phone charger and his ice cream just being like, you know, like the, this the is fine. own brand ice cream. Like when you take it out, it's got like ice crystals in it. But you're like, you no. know what? This is fine. Oh, God, you need to live. Actually, also a great point from Dyer in the chat. Thank you very much. Warcry, very tentable game. Mm, okay, yeah. Like a game that's a very so tentable Sigma. I suppose Age of Sigmar is also very tentable, I guess. I, can't th I don't think you put a whole board inside of a tent. That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the tent. Yeah. That's true. A tent. That's true. Mine, yeah. was, uh, mine was £10 on Facebook. I'm not even thinking. I'm not thinking about it, right? Uh, that's my problem. Okay. All right. All right. So War Cries out. Uh, LRL and Zinch on the horizon. Uh, which is what we're waiting for, which uh, which pretty much gets us to the main point of today's show, which is pretty speedy 51 minutes, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, so main point of today's show is uh, where we're at uh, in the competitive meta and or mega game, which is quite fun uh, because I've got some thoughts and feelings like top level, uh, having done the stat show every week since, been to a few events, uh, like I've been to events doing coverage and played. So like I think there's a lot going on. Um, so I think there's some really interesting kind of stuff because when the game initially started, I think there's some stuff I would like initially like to like jump off and say I think I was wrong on that front, and I wonder what you guys think. My first port of call is, uh, and then just basically for anyone who's new to kind of catch up, you know, so you can kind of jump in like where the fuck is going on? What's going on with Age of Sigmar? There's a, a couple of people who I think with the new book are excited to play. Uh, New Age of Sigmar, so I thought we could maybe like catch them up with where they are at a competitive level. 
So my kind of first port of call is when the book came out, or the, the Galette Battle Pack, I thought that the uh, the battle tactics were quite hard to achieve, but I've actually I've 180'd on that 100%, and they're super easy to achieve. Uh, if not easier. If not easier, I agree with Adam 100%. Nathan, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think... Uh, I, yeah, they are... Um, they're not difficult. They're just a bit wordy, that's all. Like the description and everything makes them, they're not very intuitively written, I would say. I would deeply agree with that. Yeah, I don't think, mm. they, I don't think they make a lot of sense uh, at first reading for people, uh, but uh, I would agree. So Adam, you agree, Nathan, you agree, quite achievable. Yeah, yeah. Easy, like, cause, like the old battle tactics were things like um, slay the warlord, you had to kill the general, whereas, or there'll be bring it down, or the broken ranks kill a battle line, and it meant you had to kill a specific thing. Mm. Whereas, like, there's two now that are just killer thing. Yeah. Mm. So, like, I, I mean, an eye for an eye, you don't actually declare what unit you're killing. You just say, I'm going to do an eye for an eye. You failed to kill one unit, but you might have killed another unit, so you get it. Mm. Or the uh, not out muscle, uh, gaining momentum. If I've already got more objectives than you at the start of my turn, I can do that one and just pick a unit that has, like, one thing left in it, mm. murder it, I've got another battle tactic. So that's yeah. two battle tactics that are easier than the three kill ones that we had before. Yeah, that's... I think super... the... Oh, go on. Sorry, Dan, after you. No, the read for me is that the previous ones, I, I think, were easier to achieve, but they were very specific in that your turn had to be focused on them, where the current ones feel more like they actually just play into the game you're already playing and create subtle changes rather than being like, slay the warlord, everything in my army this turn focuses on the enemy warlord, whereas this one, it's just, I think it's just the way it impacts the game. And yeah, they're poorly written, so when you first read them, they're really complex. But as you start playing, you're like, oh, this actually plays into my game plan a lot more than like, pick a battle line, kill a battle line. You're like, usually what you would do is you'd pick the, the previous ones when you knew you could achieve them. You're like, oh, this is, I, I'm about to charge a unit of battle line, so I'm going to kill him this turn, so I may as well do that one, uh, rather than this, which is like more, it just feels like it plays more into a game rather than a turn. Yeah, yeah I, def I definitely think they like do the, what's it called? Uh, like they play your turn better. So like, um, mm. like out muscle, um, you have to kill a Galician veteran on the proving ground. So like what you can do if you're going second, you can plan your turn around that one by making mm. the proving ground something that's already got one of their Galician veterans on. That was actually going to be my follow-up. Um, uh, but, Nathan, just any of your thoughts before we kind of, like, get into that? No, no. I, I'm, I'm quite happy. I think, uh, yeah. For, yeah. I think they're, they're just uh, a bit of a faff to read through when you're trying to decide which one to do. It's not like, oh, you can't just snap through them like you could with the old ones. Like, you, yeah, there's a bit of... Uh, a bit of a read through. You have to interpret each one. Yeah, so I suppose it'll get easier as you play it more often. But yeah, they are they are quite hard just to uh, glance at and immediately know what what's what. Yeah, well, so I'm just going to go through. I think the four easiest ones, just for a moment, if that's okay, and just talk about mm. how I think my personal opinion, see what everyone thinks, how uh, that changes kind of the, the meta list building element, which I think is actually quite cool. So first thing, um, uh, like, is um, against all odds, which is basically hold an objective. 
Okay, like against in the very that is like a joke of a battle tactic. It, it's basically just hold an objective. That's all it is. Hold an objective, mm. but no Galician veterans from the enemy. And so it's a, so it's a great turn one. Ob- yeah, I know. Ooh, it's a great turn one objective. Okay, it's a uh, fantastic a turn five one. Mm. It's also a great turn five one. And I think actually that's kind of where I wanted to go with this. That actually I think these battle tactics for me feel very much like they orientate you towards being a low drop and we'll talk about some stats on that in a minute uh low drop and then uh you do some other stuff so that's just hold an objective you've got desecrate their lands which is control an objective in their territory which can be or not even wholly within can be partially within that's I, a terrain feature yeah. terrain feature yes yeah, sorry a terrain feature uh which is also super easy in my opinion and don't forget you um hold terrain as you go so you can mm-hmm. hold it put a token down go away from it, yeah. go back later and say, oh, we desecrate lands, I already control that piece. Perfect. You can yeah. also, and also the, the holding uh, for a piece of terrain is three inches, not six inches. You measure models from three inches mm. and not six, which is also something uh, really good. Uh, Hayes in the chat saying, that's amazing, Adam. I had no idea. There we go. That's why I thought we'd go through it, because I think that there's actually loads of little tips and tricks in this like version of the game and i think we played enough now to kind of like level ourselves all up a little bit by conversation so um there's desecrate the lands then there's uh barge through enemy lines which is two units in your opponent's um territory and as adam has pointed out if they're both galician veteran units there's an additional bonus point that's also Mm. one that's on some battle plans very easy to achieve turn one one me game five there you go and with an additional point so uh, mm. a little point. And then the fourth one is eye for an eye, which is your opponent killed something last turn and therefore you kill something this turn, which feels like a great little one to grab. So with all four of those, I think being the, the very easiest to achieve every single game, it felt like to me personally and feels like. I don't know if you disagree or, or mm. agree. Nathan, Adam, you got any thoughts? Uh, definitely. Uh, I think... Against all odds, I probably did that one 90% of the time, first turn. Because um, mm. it is just <laughs> against no odds to do. Um, uh, yeah, and I'd agree. Uh, the rest of them are just part of the flow of the game as well. So they just occur as, you, as you're playing through the game. So, yeah, it's, they're not... Um, uh, they're not overly difficult to to um, to to get. So yeah. So we just have the question in the chat: What's the terrain control rule again? So it's 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 like a controlling objective, mm. but it's models within three inches as opposed to models within six inches that it is for an objective. Super easy, and that's quite fun because I think that's one of those ones that I definitely haven't deployed in my first several games, thinking mm. about it. But now I've started to be like, okay, actually, that one unit. You know, sometimes you've got that one unit that's meant to be a screen or it's in your list to do something. And then you're just kind of like, I'm not really sure where it works in this particular mission. And you're like, okay, it's just going to eyeball that piece of terrain directly across the way. Feels like a really nice, like, setup. So that's Mm. quite fun. Um, But then sit. I was just going to say, chaffy flying units. They're like screamers and things like that. They're cheap. They're quick for it because they can zip around the board just like going. Terrain, terrain, terrain. A cockatrice, may, maybe. Because they count as five. Perchance, perchance <laughs> a teleported squid gobber. 
Um, yeah. chance. <laughs> it's, it's happened. It's happened. It's happened. It's happened. So yeah, I think that's. But I a... like the. On, I like the token thing though because it means it's not so much a gotcha moment where you're like, oh blah blah blah, and this, and just so you know, I control all of these objects. Like you're making it really clear, like just to to put it out there, if we're talking competitively, you're making it clear to your opponent that you're tracking the terrain that you control. Just don't uh, which... tell them that's what the token's for. That's the fun one. So you just put tokens around the terrain <laughs> that you control. Gotcha, gamey piece of shit. And then <laughs> this token. As you as you go back, you go, oh yeah, these tokens were for me controlling the, the terrain. <laughs> I just... Says the guy who's like, we put together a group of people because we don't want to <laughs> cheat or be dicks in games. <laughs> like, nice. Also, game don't tell it? your opponents what the shit on the board means. That way, they can't <laughs> know. Just putting tokens around. Just put tokens around. Right. Okay. So, like the the thing the thing I wanted to bring up with battle tactics then is because there are obviously other battle tactics, but I think those are the four that if we were to collect the stats on it, which we are, we can't because we don't have any scoring software that does so, I think those would be the four that you see scored most often, mm. in my personal opinion. Um, the kind of follow-up uh, kind of follow from that is that I think actually this really promotes the ability to go first, well, get the choice to go first. Like I think that there's a couple of mm. reasons for that because the battle plans themselves in some ways, are very detrimental to some army builds. Some battle plans are very tough to some army builds, like, to the point where you're like, maybe they should be banned from tournaments, maybe, maybe not. Mm. Uh, the no-teleporting one pretty much wrecks Sylvaneth, but, I mean, that's great. Yeah. So, let's carry that's it terrible. on. That's terrible. Absolutely terrible mission. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it doesn't really do anything other than just fuck up Sylvaneth, really. Um, I mean, it's just... A awful mission as well yeah. it's really hard to like work out who's on the objectives am i wholly in this one am i wholly that one the intent of that mission is just terrible but yeah. you know. and i agree with that personally i agree with that um so like i think so next bit of news uh if we're going to just talk about battalions because i think one of the first things that we talked about with this new galette battle pack is obviously those two new fucking battalions they're super exciting one battalion you can have up to three troop units inside of it and they count as three for every one model in the unit. So you've got a 10-man unit, 10-person mm. unit, sorry. Uh, it's going to be 30. Yeah, it's going to count as 30, right? Unmatched Conquerors is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is Bounty Hunters, So, and which has got loads of chat at the start of the edition, which is obviously you get plus one damage against Galician veterans, which are battle-line units that are five or less wounds and aren't mounted. Okay. Um, so, Nathan, I'll kick off with you. How do you feel so far... How do you feel so far about those two battalions in the game state as is? Uh, so, yeah, obviously my lists tend to have loads of Galician veterans because I like to play with little grots. Uh, everybody does. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I feel like the bounty hunters is picking on them a bit, but... Um, but yeah, it's been manageable so far in my limited experience. Um, yeah, it's not been as devastating as I thought. The this, that battle plan where they get extra points for killing Galician veterans—that's more devastating than than that battalion. That's a stupid yeah. battle plan. That is a terrible, terrible mission. Okay, <laughs> all three of us agree but on you, that. But you, you want to play a soul blight graveyard player like, like I did on game three, that keeps bringing them back for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, my entire allegiance ability is bringing these dead units back. And you're like, thanks for the more victory points. That's great. Yeah, he'd, be, he'd be going to roll for the units to come back. And I'm like, come on, baby. Get that for us. <laughs> Bring them back. Feed them to me. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> Adam, how do you feel about the two uh, battalions at the moment? What are your thoughts? Uh, I thought they'd be interesting. Um, but I think they're both terrible. I, I, I just say you just can't compare with the battle, uh, battle regiment. No, so if for pe- oh, new people, yeah. the like, ability to go f- like a battle regiment is your whole drop. army fits in and it's a one drop. Uh, but so like, that's like, still a lot stronger, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought bounty hunters would be like good. Like, I took it, but then it only affected like one or two of my games. And the thing is, the things that I'm putting in bounty hunters kill the Galician veterans anyway. Yes. So, like, it didn't really matter. The only time it mattered was when I went into some uh, Blight Kings. Because then I was like, oh, the extra damage here is actually really useful. Um, and then Expert Conquerors, like, it's kind of okay. Like, it's a good one. But again, then it's being countered by the Bounty Hunters, which people are taking. And the things that you put in it are quite killable anyway. Yeah, there's some interesting kind of, like, uh, like stat information, actually, uh, where we can go to with this, and mainly talking about, like, meta representation. Uh, so the, the most popular army is... Uh, Dan, have a guess. Oh, most popular this edition? Yeah, yeah, just just in 3.3, point, uh, since Galette came out only. N- Nurgle. Okay, so, so it's Stormcast. Oh, yeah, okay. still, still oh, at ten percent. I mean, of the it's meta. still still the box boys. Yeah, Fair still enough. the box boys. They're at ten percent of the meta. But the next two, Nighthorn and Daughters of Cain, um, both. Mm. Uh, so and they're both seven percent of the meta. So combined, they're fourteen percent of the competitive mm. meta, uh, more than Stormcast. But they have an interesting thing in that both of those two armies have got the ability to reduce damage down by one. Mm. Like. But they also are big Galician veteran units, which I kind of find, like, it's kind of odd, right? You're like, okay, bounty hunters will do really well into Galician veterans, like Nighthorn, but then they reduce damage down by one. So I don't know if everyone's taking like, lots of damage one stuff that turns to damage two that turns back to damage Goes one. Goes back to damage one, yeah. Or if some anyone's got any damage two stuff mm. that becomes damage three, down to damage two, right? And then similarly, Doors mm. of Cain, although generally the builds that are doing well aren't using... Uh, the Heart of Cain or whatever it's called uh, to reduce, I don't think it's called that, but whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, Heart of Cain. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to, reduce, to reduce, thank you so much, uh, to reduce the damage down by one to a minimum of one. Um, so, like, I'm not really sure at the moment, like, on the kind of, like, mm. the plus damage, damage reduction, because it only really works if you go into the right units, right? Yeah. And I, I think when the they first came out, I remember the the like excitement was mostly for bounty hunters. You know, like that like it wasn't the other it wasn't the additional bodies. It was everyone was like so fucking and that's all they were talking about like oh how fucked is this going to be how good is this going to be and then i which is the same every edition that's how it starts and then i think people started to use it and realize they either didn't need it or it wasn't anywhere near as effective as they wanted it to be and i would agree with adam almost any other day i'd want uh an additional artifact or an additional spell slot or like i'd I'd be going for those kind of things or a one drop or like to reduce my drops far before i would be worrying about potentially doing an extra point of damage in certain circumstances to a certain type of unit or honestly even counting as three is great but largely the stuff that does count as three is the stuff that almost any army can take off 
Like it's so you really, I just found, I find them interesting and I think everyone got super excited about them at the start, but I think we're now seeing them tail off as people realize like they seem like the new hotness in the moment, but they're just on the table, not as strong in play. They're great in certain books, like Expert Conquerors mm. in um, Nighthorn is insane. Nurgle. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. The, those are like amazing. Like you have like 60 blade guys all counting as three mental. Mm. Yeah. Or units of five rot bringers, like the 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 Blight Kings, which you know their whole thing was that they struggled for numbers. Like it's it's great to give them those options, but I think that that that's it. They're going to be the kind of thing that are great for certain books. Whereas Battle Regiment, you, I'm like, I'm trying to think of books that that's not that can take it that it doesn't help massively. I think I think I think where they've ended up settling with the expert conquerors like counters three. Sure, I've read a lot of lists that have had like twenty plate bearers as an example. Yeah. Mm. That good a good one, five blight kings that you know count as fifteen. But like in the on the whole, a lot of lists that I've seen have been like I'm going to use five tree revenants. They'll be my expert conquerors because they're 15. So it just gives them that mm. ability to ping onto an objective a mm. little bit nicer, a little bit, a little 10 person unit here. Um, it, it, generally, I don't see people building into it or it doesn't seem as like meta changing as it possibly could be. I think with bounty hunters, you kind of build your list and then you say mm. to yourself, do I want two of these units to be bounty hunters? Like that's kind of where I think people are looking at. But it has to really, like... Because your list also has to not be um, a, a one-drop, right? So you've got to say to yourself, I'm not going to take the one-drop. I personally think the one-drop is still the smartest play, especially playing into... When we'll talk about this later, there's like there's going to be KO. Uh, they're going to be more and more prevalent, and they're going to alpha you, which I think is key. And I think having the ability to to dictate that first time, a turn, sorry, is going to be very, very important um, and something people need to be conscious of. Uh, but um like the the expert conquerors and bounty hunters i think is really good okay like uh, i don't know anyone got any more thoughts on this i think the only time i take them is if it's the units that don't fit in my battle regiment yeah so like i've already got five yeah. units in my, my battle regiment i've got two more units which one will they go in cool mm -hmm. that'll do it and then i'll take a three drop army rather than a one drop army because i need swap those it around. Two units anyway yeah or you yeah. swap it around right like you're like you're like okay like i'll take out the very good units out there they're going in bounty hunters now or whatever yeah, yeah or whatever the because they just don't is. fit so well i might as well put them in that yeah, yeah. so that they, they they're giving you something but yeah and i think um like just in the chat as well like they're like uh hazel's pointing out you know like you've got units like sharks and eels that are ren 2 2 damage so they almost need needed if they come up against armies that reduce their damage down to one just take a but, one drop oh, and, and shoot them off <laughs> but i but i think it is but when you when you break it down into specific books absolutely they're going to need it but on the whole i i think that's where they're really awesome those two they give armies that uh have elite infantry without bodies the ability to count as bodies on objectives and they do give some of those armies that focus on a small number of high damage attacks and ability to get around uh like damage reduction abilities but uh on the whole they're not a they're not a, an easy choice for every single army because they are not as good as a lot of the other options some some armies are just built different as well like yeah. you want more characters so like grave lords good example you just want a few more yeah. characters probably nighthorn you just want a few more characters mm. like in order to put that in because battle regiment max you can have is three mm. <clears throat> Right, so then you probably like you can't really fit that in, and then some armies really struggle to produce 
Like, because then Battle Regiment is three and six, right? So mm. then you really struggle to create an army built inside that framework. Maximum three characters and then maximum six units because your battle line five needs units. to be... Uh, five units, sorry. Uh, so mm. you... Uh, because you're three battle line, then you're two big hitters and then maybe a monster or an artillery piece. So yeah. I think some armies just don't really fit into that framework. But I would say that there's a really nice and elegant, and a, a compliment to Games Workshop, uh, whether they intended it or not, an elegant kind of like metagame internally and list writing at the moment between building your lists, mm. understanding where your likelihood to go first is or get the choice to go first into a battle plan against opponents with battle tactics in mind. I think that seems like a fair statement. I don't know what you think there. That seems fair. Yeah. Okay, definitely uh, um, <clears throat> all right so i've got some numbers for you guys Ooh. uh so I'll, uh, and, and if you already know this because you listened earlier i like then none of this so shout out to ziggy and rob from the stat center uh for being able to uh, produce some info for me um okay so last edition last edition without these ba uh, uh battalions sorry last edition what percentage chance did you have the chance to go first? Basically, if you had a one drop, yeah, how likely was it based on the average? And of course, as you get further up in a tournament, you're going to play someone else, right, who probably also has a one drop as an example because they're very good. Yeah. So it's just the average. You can't ever really properly work it out, but it's going to roughly as an average. Yeah. If you had a one drop in the last edition, so that's over the course of a year, loads of data on this. How likely were you to be able to get the choice to go first? And while you guys are thinking about it, I want to thank Think Before You Skink for donating a gift sub. Uh, Dan Brooke for resubscribing. Uh, that's lovely of you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I thank Shintaro for donating a gift subscription. That's wicked. Thanks, everyone in the chat, for being awesome. Uh, let's start with you. Uh, Nathan, come on. Give me a num. I know you hate numbers. No, well, you don't hate them. What are you thinking, baby? What are you thinking? Uh, I reckon... You're probably more likely than not if you got one drop. So I'll last edition, about, last edition, yeah, last last edition. There were lots of one drops around though, but mm. so uh, I'm going to say sixty-seven point eight percent. Perfect. I love a point. That's how we do mm -hmm. the stats. That's how we do the stats. Like into decimal places. Can't wait till Robin's you that. Um, <laughs> Adam, last edition. Uh, I don't know. Seventy-two. Okay. Perfect. Dan, last edition. Oh, I'm going to go hot 75 because I feel like three quarters seems about right to me. Okay, wow. Okay. Uh, guess what, Adam? You beat by one point. Apologies. Uh, it's 74. Well done, Dan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Adam can it. win five games, but he can't pick a percent. Back <laughs> in your field, son. <laughs> All right, good. All right, so. I mean, it's true. Okay, so now. <laughs> So this is where it gets quite interesting. And again, we don't have all of the, like, we've got the data we have so far. It's not as much of a, um, a, a data set, obviously, as the last edition, because we can only go on how many tournaments we've got so far. But has that number gone up or down? Nathan? It's just like higher or lower. Yeah, higher or lower. It's, has it gone up or down, maybe? Higher. It's uh, around 82.6%. Wow, big... Uh, hey, wow, David Smith, thanks so much for donating uh, 10 gift subs. What a babe. Thank you so much. Um, uh, amazing. Okay, uh, Adam, higher or lower? Well, I definitely think it's higher, because I think there was only four drops at this whole event that I was at the weekend. Four one-drops. Four so one-drops. Like, yeah. 
So you think? So and they were all in the top ten. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> won't mention that. Okay. So you think higher? What are you thinking? Higher. Okay. Perfect. And what then number? Dan. I think it's gone down. I think it's gone down, down. Okay. What? Well, because of the new, because of the new, because of new battle battle battalions, right? Because previously, I, I, I think that in, I, I don't think it's going to stay down, right? Here's my, but I think because of the new battalions that people have been all saucy and excited about, they've been trying the new battalions, which have like will have reduced it temporarily. Then people will be like, ah, it's not as good, and then it'll go back up. Doesn't that work the other way around? Because if if other people are taking more battalions, then you've got more chance of taking the first turn. Oh, yeah, true. Never mind. Up then. Up. Up. You are all correct once we've worked out together. Uh, You definitely had me questioning my answer then. And I was like, shit. I was like, you've just taken my reason. Come to the wrong direction. What's going off? Uh, Well. Did you do the wrong thing here? (laughs) Okay, so it's gone up to 85%. If you have a one drop, you've got the choice to go first 85% of the time. Mm. Shit. We... Yeah, shit. <laughs> shit. I was asked. Take a one drop. They take a one Two drop. Points. Yeah, Two and, I think, and I think that actually um, that might become more and more telling as time goes on, especially mm. with some of the lists that we're seeing come to the fore. Because like that's more common. Uh, probably, probably one of the better one drops back in the day. Uh, was probably obviously uh, the Sentinels, so Luminous Realm Lords, and a mm. bunch of uh, a Until bunch. They get beaten by cockatrices. Yeah. Okay, Adam. Yes, that's that's true. One hundred percent. Or 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 uh, with the Zinch Archeon before obviously it got nerfed was also a pretty mm. dominant one build list, uh, one drop list. Um, and for people who are new, one drop is uh, you put your armies in battalions. You have got the, the number of drops you have for when you deploy your army, and then you get the choice. Um, uh, whoever's got the lowest drops gets the choice to go first so I think that's pretty telling because I personally think the one drop is incredibly incredibly effective in this version of the edition Mm -hmm. because we cycle back to what I was saying about battle tactics I think you've got a load of options especially on some of the battle plans you've got the ability to give your opponent the turn activate an objective in one of the battle plans is pretty strong giving your opponent the turn and then choosing a proving ground that is the most powerful mechanic at it the moment. feels very strong mm. adam just quickly explain Nuts. that again to people because new people might not know what we're talking about so if you go second in a turn you can make one of the objectives on the battlefield a proving ground which essentially means that well it does mean that only galician veterans can control it yeah but if you put the proving ground on an objective you already own and let's say they don't have any galician veterans near it there's no way they can take it off of you mm. even if you've got no galician veterans on it so you course. use it so that it forces, so they cannot take one of your objectives for a turn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's really good. Nathan, how have you felt about, because that was kind of going to be my next question, Galician Veterans Proving Ground, because it kind of moves us into that. Because I think the one yeah. drop moves into Wait, that. Be- before we move on from the yeah, one on, drop Dan. thing, can I ask where the incarnate then falls into that? Like, like if we're looking at gonna... a percentage of one drops going first and then into incarnates and the success of incarnates in veteran events... I, so I we'll say, get to that later. I, I think I was going to bring up incarnates, endless spells, a bunch mm. of other stuff later. Yeah. Um, cool. uh, but I think the ability to drop, you're in a weird place with an incarnate because if mm. people don't know when when you kill it, it doesn't die. Well, when you drop it a level, it doesn't 
like die. So you've got to drop it two. If you've got the option turn one to drop it a level, so when they charge you, they kill something, but then you can drop it at the final level, that kind of puts you in a nice place. That interaction with incarnates is something we should definitely talk about because I also think that's pretty key. But as Adam pointed out, or might point out, um, incarnates are incredible because they fit in your monster slot in your battle mm. range. Like, they're perfect. Like, you're like, hmm, what monster? And then you're like, at Cities of Sigma, you're like, maybe a Charybdis? And you're like, no, <laughs> fucking incarnate. <laughs> like, just, and as you have that thought, there's actually the, the Warhammer TV app, they've got this really cool function that I like, which is a hand reaches out of the screen and just backhands you if you think about putting a Charybdis in that slot. It's great. It's really good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about the incarnate more in a bit, but it fits super well into that battalion, right? Like, like just slots right in. Uh, Nathan obviously also a squid gobber does too, but we, we don't need to talk about that. Um, so do chimeras. Yeah, so chimera, chimera's really good actually. Like, how do you I, mean, it now? I don't know. You just summoned one. Two fifty. Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> it's fair. For free. For free. Yeah. Uh... Don't have to think about how much it is if you never pay the points for it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nathan, what are your thoughts about um, uh, specifically Proving Grounds? Oh, yeah. Uh, really interesting mechanic. Um, obviously, uh, for me, with playing with Galician veterans, I think it's pretty strong. Although, um, I tend to use multiple drop armies. Like So, uh, I find my opponent is using them more than I am, and then quite often they're using them defensively, so just getting them out the way so that I can't then turn them into proving grounds later on in the game, um, which is yeah, a, a valid tactic, um, a valid way of playing the game, uh, with playing with the proving grounds, that is, so yeah. Yeah, okay. I think, I think the proving grounds um, are pretty interesting, because mm. they they really come to the fore on some battle plans, and then some battle plans they really don't, which I kind of which I like, which mm. like kind of maybe will fit into my whole meta narrative of my point later that I think this is a real player's edition. Um, but I think that like I think there's a really good show we could do next week where we actually re go through the battle plans and then we discuss. Galician get through, uh, we talk about proving grounds, we talk about going first, we talk about some sort of like tactics for going through it because I think there's I think there's actually a lot to say there like mm -hmm. on each individual battle plan, right? Um, going first, going second, all those other things. Uh, but we'll, we'll do that next week, that's not today. Um, uh, the other thing to talk about with uh, proving grounds is Galician veterans. I guess that's kind of the key point. Mm -hmm. I guess that really ties also in with bounty hunters, bounty hunters, Galician veterans, and how we feel about that as a kind of a whole thing. Mm. Um, uh, Adam, do you want to kick us off? What do you think? Uh, I think um, big units of Galician veterans aren't very good, and taking lots of them is a terrible idea, just in case uh, the Mighty and the Cunning mission comes up, because uh, in True. that mission, they're an extra two points to your opponent. Mm. Um, but I definitely think you want to have two units of cheap, the cheapest Galician veterans mm. that you can have um, to try and get the extra point on barge through okay so why is it that you want the extra point on barge through so, so which is a battle um, tactic by the way just yeah, just yeah yeah it's a battle tactic so you can score two points for being in your opponent's territory and an additional one if both units are Galician veterans yeah why so a lot of this ghb because every mission bar one i think is score one two or more mm. now um it means that you max have a 
realistically you've max got five points that you can score a turn so if you can get that one additional point in one of your turns you've then made your opponent essentially have a point deficit for the rest of the game and they've got to try and make up that point and if you can keep then just controlling more and do a battle tactic you just win the game potentially by a point which has happened i think twice over my weekend where i was just playing the primary and getting a battle tactic getting that one additional point is what won me the game interesting Mm -hmm. Very interesting because I've got a thought on this. Nathan, you got any thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, yeah. The um, I do like that because it is indicating that the games are a lot closer a lot of the time as well. So, um, it's pretty, yeah, I like that. Uh, I just I approve that tactic. <laughs> Winning by one point is a great way to do it. Great way, yeah. Well, actually, that's going to bring me. That's going to bring me. I think really nicely into the scoring and scores and also the battle plans. So I think there's kind of two things to say in conjunction. So these kind of I'll, I'll fire them off rapid fire. I think the scores in these missions are mm. way closer than we've ever seen. Mm way way yeah. closer getting an you don't get an extra bonus point for killing a monster so there aren't these kind of like point swings knocking around i generally like i think even going down on a point on hold more in the first turn can be disastrous for the course of the game obviously mm. failing your t- but i think i think failing your battle tactic in the last version of age of sigma so age of sigma 3 to 3.2 you could maybe claw it back but i think if you lose it now you're fucked like in yeah, some cases, hundred percent. Like hundred percent. Like because they're they're quite easy. Um, like they're quite easy to do generally, and so losing them puts you in a really bad position, in my opinion. So I think mm. the scoring is mega close, but parallel conjunction combined with that statement, some of the battle plans are fucked. So they're not. Like, <laughs> like it's so, like three missions that are just atrocious. Yes, right. Like, but the rest of them are genuinely amazing. Yeah, I think the thing is, there's always been those missions, but they just—is it—is it just me? Does it feel like they never had as big an impact on how armies played? You know, like there was total commitment, and I remember a lot of uh, events back in the the what was that GHB one, GHB two, um, or like would put total commitment in for those lists that would just deploy all off the table and then alpha strike, but these ones feel more egregious in shutting down like all of the abilities of certain books uh yeah there's a there's a really good question in the chat from stormy blessed doesn't that sort of make it feel worse there's only one battle tactic you can score extra on whereas last ghb there were at least multiple options yeah i think that the 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 metagame okay so chess is solved right you take your pieces you win the game right like you know that's what you do you do the checkmate you don't even need to take the pieces as an example as adam kind of proved this weekend but the game state being the game state being solved doesn't necessarily cause a problem or any friction in my opinion what it then means Mm. is both players understand what's happening and then it becomes about like oh i weren't expecting you to go that way or shit you rolled Mm. bad dice there becomes a little bit more um a little bit more RNG in some ways, but also a little bit more fun and fucky in others. And I think you can mm. play better, which is probably the conclusion of my, uh, my, my, my. Generally, the conclusion of where I'm at at the moment is I think you can you can play better. Um, so I think that 
it being like because now, now with this conversation had the next time I go to a tournament, which hopefully will be this weekend, uh, hopefully we'll sell a few more tickets and then I'll just be playing like I'll be the bottom table ringer, but also smashing fucking people. Yeah, like, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> like oh, I'm playing the bottom table guy and I'm gonna just ruin them. Um, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be actively at this event because we're still so early in the edition. We should still mm. be trying to play better than we were yeah. earlier, right? Yeah. So and you, then, uh, yeah. Matt, like, so my I went three two at Clash, and I thought I played atrociously. And then literally by just playing those five games, when I played at the weekend, I felt like I was a level up from most of the people there. Yeah. Like so, I, like, I'm going to try and block off, desecrate their lands. Like, I'm going to be conscious of that, right? I'm going to be like, what can I do to sort that? I'm going to see what units they're going to try and use to get into my deployment. Like, can't do much about mm. eye for an eye. Can't do much about uh, them uh, them grabbing an objective. And that one's a pretty easy one. <laughs> but, like... like <laughs> that really hard one. Yeah, that's super. against the odds. Against that one all is. the fucking odds I achieved. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a sarcastic... You've got to say it sarcastically. Against all odds, I did this. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, where were we? Where were we? Um, oh, somewhere. Where were we in this? Yeah, you were saying it um, makes you play better because mm. it's, uh, because it's all closer and yeah, the yeah, scores you, you aren't as big of blowouts. You, yeah. Oh, so yeah. So scoring emissions is really what I was talking about. So a couple of points scoring, I think is much closer. What do you three generally tend to think? It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It, so it's really like... I've I've found it to be really positive. I, I when you see a blow blowout now, it stands out. Whereas previously, like, kind of the top tables, I expected them consistently. You know, like whoever won often won by a blowout, and it was exciting when you had a tight game because they were so rare. Whereas I'm I feel like I'm seeing tight games more, which I guess is also part people getting their handle on the new edition. But it's it's nice. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so then, but then, then in conjunction with that, I think the battle plans can be so, as Adam was pointed out, so terrible for some armies. I played at Clash, yeah. I played a wonderful person playing Sylvaneth. They were they were an absolute treasure, yeah. And they just couldn't teleport their army, and they were running a Dreadwood army that had two teleports in their army. So they literally chosen a sub faction for a double teleport. They then bought into because you can in dreadwood you can teleport a unit of spite revenants yeah and then he'd upgraded it to a maximum unit of 15 and was like let's go so he was all in all of the points i think his command trait was also teleporting or something as well all of it was in he was like let's do this rob let's absolutely go and it was like no battle plan no teleports and he was just like what the fuck i moved five i played missions. a math mallow on that mission with did dreadwood. you with silver yeah. with yeah, dreadwood he was and do you know what my battle plan was? Tell me. Battle tactic. Sorry. No, no. Just literally my whole battle plan oh, for yeah. that was to literally sit there and go, hold. <laughs> You're <laughs> so anytime, slow. Anytime we took an objective, I'd summon it on from the board edge because the whole quadrant is the objective. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. The whole th- <laughs> Yeah. Because yeah, it's also all four table edge quarters are objectives, There's no right? teleporting, but you can still summon. Yeah. <laughs> oh you fucker it's yeah. an awful mission awful mission i had a great time but it is an awful mission but yeah. i would say in my personal opinion all of the missions should be announced ahead of time because we yeah. effectively yeah, had a sure. no, we had a non-game 
Uh, and then also when you happen to play someone in the battle plan where you get bonus points versus Galician veterans, I also feel like that that's such a detriment to that particular army that you've got to announce the battle plans ahead of time before mm. list submission. I feel like... Yeah, I think you have to now. Like, you actually have to. Yeah. yeah. And sure, some people will be like, no, Rob, I'm not going to do all of them. I'll just, I'll say that these seven, I'm like, fine, say that it's those seven. But mm -hmm. at least tell me that the problem ones, and again, we'll go through a whole show doing this next week, the problem ones, and then we'll talk about, and we're not going to talk about them as problems. We're going to talk about tactics for next week. That's what we're going to do. Mm. Um, uh, so, like, I think you have to announce them ahead of time. Because, Nathan, if, they, if you know that the one way you give up points for Galician veterans is in the mission, you're probably not going to change your yeah. list at all, are you? I'm probably not, but I think a lot of people would like to know and they would change their lists. And so don't do it just for me. Do it for everybody. Okay, that's I, nice of you. <laughs> and I, I actually see the army, uh, the army, the argument for not announcing ahead of time. And I'm I'm in favor of it. I'm in favor of not announcing all of them. But I like announce 7 do 5 because it's like, let's say you showed up to a race and they were like, okay, it's going to be a 20 kilometer race. You're like, Oh bloody hell. I'm ready. So you train, you put your fucking socks on your shoes and whatnot. And you get there and they're like, heads up. The last 10 kilometers is on bike. So I hurt you. Hope you brought your bicycle. Uh, surprise. It's now a triathlon and you also need to swim. And you were like, Oh fuck. I didn't actually prepare at all for this. And I didn't bring what I need to be able to do that. It's the same for this. Like I, when there was total commitment, people still brought entire stormcast armies. They just either prepared or planned for how to play that mission. You know, like it doesn't like the argument, like, Oh, if you tell people that's there, no one's going to play Sylvaneth. Yes, they will. They'll just design or be ready for that mission. Yeah. Okay. So next, uh, th there was also a point being made in the chat, which I think is really good. If you already take Galician veterans like Nathan does, you're still just going to fucking take them, right? But I don't think you're necessarily going to change your list, like Alden Port talks about. If you're taking Daughters of Cain, you're not necessarily going to change to. You're not going to change your bow snakes out for for Doomfire Warlocks because they're just not the same. Like you're just going to run the risk, right? But maybe you change your battalions around. Maybe you try and be a lower drop so you mm. can kind of. But maybe you change to like I played a, a Clash. I played Simon who had a Cities of Sigmar army. And he was like, yeah, I really want to try Galician veterans at this event. And then he, because he didn't realize that mission was in the pack. And then he had six Galician veterans that were really easy to kill. And I won the game <laughs> just on that. Just Whereas on he that could alone. have swapped to anything. Yeah. Like, and he still could have had, uh, you know, two, three units. Um, that he, at least then he knew that mission was coming up. And that game was, it was a really fun game. But literally at the start of it, he went, cool, you win. And it was a bit shit because <clears> of that. And that actually not didn't ruin my game with him, but like it just put a downer on it. Because yeah. you knew you had a very e like it was a checkbox. It was like kill yeah. the units that are easy to kill, tick, win the yeah. game, tick. So you're I like, didn't there is the no, there is no reason. Yeah, you had yeah. no reason to play any other game other than kill the easy to kill units. And yeah. you're like, cool. So you just holding a grenade in a lake, being like going fishing, like yeah, literally. <laughs> I, it was just like awful, awful mission. Okay. But I think if it's in the pack, at least then the people that still want to play the Galician veterans are like, well, I knew it was there anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just think some, I think just some communication, as with all relationships, communication is key. Um, and I think that that is, is healthy between the TOs and the players. 
Um, okay, and someone said in the chat, but Rob, I'm, I'm told uh, keeping plans secret means players are more adaptable and better generals. That's wrong. That is wrong. That's literally what scouting is. They would just be like, you, lad, on a horse, go over there. What is the <laughs> battlefield like? And they'll come back and be like, it's pretty fuck, boss. They'll be like, we won't fight there then. Like, what about over there? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, what about over there? And they were like, over there, if these guys die, we lose the battle. <laughs> like, yeah. fucking, we're not fighting there. Sounds shit. So yeah. don't take them. Take somebody else. This? Doesn't matter I'm... if they die. It's a, it's, it's all quicksand and bogs. It's like, okay, well, all we brought was tanks, so we let's not go there. Let's just not go there, okay? Or we'll go back and get something else and come back with that. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, we'll move on to the next couple of bits. Last bit. I don't want to spend ages on this. I'm just going to throw my opinion out there. I personally think grand strategies from books and battle tactics books can be banned from events. I will do it all my events, and my reasoning for that is very simply and very quickly, is that I like that everyone's playing off the same hymn sheet when they're trying to create those battle tactics. Mm. I do not agree that units have been put... The black coach was not pointed because there's a black coach battle tactic. That's fucking insane yeah. as a statement. I didn't agree with you uh, to start with. Okay. And then I played uh, this weekend where they were banned and it was just more fun. Why, no do you think? Why do you think? Because uh, there was no... So, so, obviously, I was playing Beta Chaos, which I have some strong battle tactics. Mm-hmm. I've got two easy ones. And there was a couple of games where I went, oh, if I had that, I just win the game. Whereas then it actually made me play a turn, rather than just going, yeah, cool, I'll summon a unit, take your objective. Like, it would just been easy. Um, and it and it also, when I played, like, um, an army that does have book battle tactics, there wasn't any gotcha moments. Of, oh. oh, shit, I didn't think of that battle tactic. Because there's no yeah. way I can learn another, like, 60 22 battle times tactics, three like, battle yeah, tactics, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I can't do that, whereas I can learn mm. the, however many there are in the GHB. Mm. I think it's more fun because you're playing off, you, you're all understanding yeah. what could happen. Like, mm. in, like I don't think it's even necessarily uh, a game design thing or a strategy thing. I, I just think it's more fun because you both recognize what's going to go on. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, who's the best reader and learner? And let's be honest, yeah. it's none of us. Like, that's true. Uh... It's it the, effectively for me what the the difference is is like I love playing Age of Sigma because I come to the table to play we play the same game but we each bring our different rules and what book battle tactics do is they let someone win the game with their own rules designed for their army and they're not all created equal whereas it's much more fun if you rock up and you're like these are the rules this is what I have to achieve that with. And your opponent goes, this is what I have to achieve that with. But then when you go, I get to achieve it with witches and this, which are really good. And also I've got ways to win the game that are really good only for my guys. You're like, that's where we start to get a little well, bit messed book, up. The book tactic ruins my point earlier, but like having that one that scores you an extra point is cool. But then mm. there's a couple of book tactics that have a couple where they score an extra point and where the games are coming down to one or two points, they can literally just win because they had a better book tactic. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, so like Bill, when I was at Summer Slaughter last week, I don't know if you know this, do you know what the, do you know what one of the Fire Slayer's grand strategies currently is? Any, any takers? I don't know what any of them is, no. Okay, Literally perfect. no idea. So one of the Fire Slayer's grand strategies is have an invocation on the board at the end of the battle. So you just summon an invocation, right? Doesn't matter which one, like, obviously one of the invocations that Fire Slayer's have got, and you just, like, leave it until... Turn five. Put it. And if, put it in the back corner. Yeah, and if Just... your opponent and if your opponent doesn't have um, the ability to get rid of it, they don't have a priest. Which Nathan, I don't think destruction have got a lot of. 
Um, like, not as many Sad as they times. need. Sad times. Yeah. Then it's just there. Like... <laughs> what? Do you not know this? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a grand strategy, yeah. They, yeah grand not, strategy. not a grand strategy! Yeah. They, like, they, I, I, it, I played so many games to stop people's grand strategies, and it literally was, like, a part of my whole game plan. If someone had that, it would just... It's it's a it's basically just once per game roll one four up once. Uh, and well, then no, because like, you get oh, no, you get pl- you get pl- three up. Oh yeah, three up. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I might stop playing fire slayers. But some people ally in a rune lord, so it Ooh. goes on to so it comes. I think it becomes a two up. Uh, I can't remember. Mm. Um. Uh. So then hold on, and then let me just tell you. I'm trying to find the Nurgle one. Because I don't remember off the top of my head. It's something just like have a dude alive at the end, right? It's honestly mental, right? Um, let me try and find it. Grand strategies. Okay. So it is. Uh, uh, yes, blessed desecration. You can pick this grand strategy if, uh, if only if the model you pick to be your general has the mortal keyword. So obviously that's going to be your. Um, Lord of Afflictions. Lord of Afflictions, thank you. Uh, Who can deep strike? Important to remember. Uh, And um, if you do so, after deployment, pick one terrain feature that's wholly within enemy territory. If no terrain features are wholly within enemy territory, you can pick any terrain feature. When the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy if you control that terrain feature. Sick. Like, doesn't really feel like 3VP. Like, especially when we're saying it's so close that maybe doing the battle tactic... For two C, like with two Glacier Veterans, gets you one point more. It feels like those ones are gone. So maybe even keep battle tactics from books if you're super obsessed to do so. But I think the grand strategies are because they're all very different. For every easy one, there's a difficult one. But I've spent too long spent talking about that. I personally would just ban them because I think it makes the game more fun. My opinion. I don't know if anyone agrees. Adam, yes or no? I do after playing a tournament that banned them. Okay, Nathan, yes or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. I agree. Okay, perfect. Dan, yes or no? Binum. I've been on the Binum train since they came out. It's perfect. you know you got to pick a hill to die on. This yeah. is mine. I'm it's happy to die on it. It's, it's a good yeah. one. It's a good one. If you if you've got to pick one, I'm like the views nice. I have not only the high ground but the moral high ground. Uh, yeah, real happy with it. It's a good place to be. Okay. All right. Perfect. Uh, so next one. Okay. Contentious issue. Ooh. The Bincarnate. The Incarnate of Gur. 400 points of level 2, can't retreat. Um, it, I often read them in lots of different lists that do well at the events. Uh, they've helped Sinesh mm. level up. They've helped KO level up. They've helped um, a bunch of different armies do very well. Um, I think, uh, as a general statement, if your army is rubbish, it has an Incarnate in. And it makes your army much, much better. And then if your army is all mm-hmm. is really, really good, then you probably don't spend the 400 points because you want all of those overlapping synergies yeah. in your already very great army. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't generally put it in, is my thoughts. So, uh, Nathan, you've played against the Incarnate, uh, had an Incarnate bombing around. What do you think of the Incarnate? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, they... Are obviously a good piece. They're worth their points, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, I think, a lot of people change the way they play when they come up against an incarnate. Like maybe, I mean, obviously you've got to change the way you play a bit uh, to deal with it. But 
I think sometimes it makes them over they they overplay the incarnate really uh, to their detriment. So yeah, I think it'll take people a bit more time playing against them to uh, to be able to cope with them a bit better. That seems fair. That seems fair. Mm-hmm. Adam, what are your thoughts? Um, I think it, 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 it it's it's annoying. Um, but like it's it's kind of fine. I've played it a few times now, um, and it's just irritating more than anything. Um, I, I actually don't like that it's available to everyone. I almost wish it was like only available to one army, because then I can at least go, cool. I'm not going to face one every game. Yeah. Because um, that's when it gets boring. Like when I was at Clash, I played one mm. three times, and it wasn't even that it was uh, like hard to deal with. It was just boring to play against. It was more the issue with it. Yeah. Like. Mm. So I just find it a boring piece to play against, but other than that, I don't really care about it. Okay, seems fair. Seems fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, my thoughts are that I think it, I agree with Nathan. I think it's worth its points, hundred percent. Could probably go up some more points, which I think is fair as well. Um, its inclusion in so many armies really makes me uh, question. I think that it's a really interesting piece because I don't think necessarily people have completely worked out what they want to do with it yet. And mm. I think, like, even putting it in their army, I don't think it necessarily... I read a cute list today that had a Magister that if it casts a spell on a double... Um, uh, sorry, if it casts a spell on a double, it's allowed to cast another spell. But if the next spell it casts on a double, it auto-slays itself and on a two-up becomes a spawn. Mm. And then you link that to the Incarnate, so the Incarnate then becomes mm. wild, and then it runs off and goes, eats your own end of the spells, and then it becomes, like, a level three. So there's, like, really janky interactions to, like manipulate what it does oh, i've got one i've got i've got possibly the worst one uh it's in my cities of sigma list and it's great it's in my dwarf list i have a single elf and her entire job is to kill herself turn one because the darkling coven sorceress has an ability where she can sacrifice one darkling coven's unit and get plus two to cast it doesn't specify that it can't be herself and she has the keywords. So literally, turn one, she's linked to it. The start of the turn, I do my other beginning of turn things. Then when it gets to her beginning of turn things, she goes, uh, huh, uh, and then uh, just carks it. And then my my incarnate is wild from turn one. It's pretty nice. And then it can, and then it can charge my own endless spell and eat my own endless spell, so it can be top level before it's even finished its first turn. Yeah, that's, that's pretty nice. Uh, Adam, what do you think? It's fucked. What do you it's think unfair. about the, the big incarnate? Like, do you think like people are using it well, not using it well? Uh, some people are using it okay, and other people are using it terribly, mm-hmm. um, which is also hilarious. Like, I really like it when people deploy their army uh, within three inches of it, and then you shoot off the character it's bound to, and then it tags their entire army turn one, and you just laugh at them because they can't get out. Uh, uh, that's yes. quite funny. It is. Um, but I also like the play of actually sending, like, a high cast <laughs> endless spell at it mm. so like you you send the purple sun at it which is cast on an eight and then you say gone eat it try it because if you fail mm. you go down a level and you sort of play that mind game when you're like yeah gone do it <laughs> like, uh, so it's just boring like, that's the mm. thing of it it's just boring i think what i think what's interesting about it is is it's like it's uh is its mirrored nature right like it's in a list i think truthfully it's the very best thing that they've ever ever done i'm i'm not not sure Mm. it's the very best thing they've ever done to bring some level like some armies up zinch Mm. doesn't have an incarnate thing 
doesn't have a more mm. crusher it doesn't have a even a chimera it doesn't have no, like you've just got cheating dice it, yes you do that's you, absolutely yeah you true. just you actually just get to not play the game hey don't I, I'll, <laughs> move, I'll move on i'll move i'll move on like nathan's got nathan's army like nathan also doesn't have i suppose maybe the troll hags similar to the incarnate in that it doesn't really die but it doesn't really have the threat range it doesn't really have that so mm. If you're talking about Gits, KO. <laughs> I think the troll hag might. You might find her dying. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But the uh, KO don't have that thing that can go fight on an objective for a bit. Like, mm. They just don't have it, right? Like They don't have it in army design. Um, Sinesh obviously have been using it a lot recently as well to pin an army in. Mm. Um, so some armies just don't have access to, and I'm sure there are other examples. Um, and if you have mm. some, leave them in the comments below because it's great for the algorithm. Um, uh, I don't have those those things that you can interact with. But then that makes me like, like, because then I'd see the KO list doing well with it, or I see the mm. Sinesh list doing well with it, and I'm like, they really needed that. Do you know what I mean? So I yeah. like. It's one of those weird ones where normally I'm super against generic artifacts. I don't like Arcane Tome, don't like Master of Magic, Command Trait. I don't like those things for the generic likeness because you just have a strong unit get more strong and you're like, that's, mm. pre that's pretty fucking strong, bro. Like, stop it. Mm. Whereas with the Incarnate, normally you see it in the shitty armies and mm. it brings them up a level, which I, which I, I... think I like. I haven't seen much of it in the top armies, like in Nurgle, uh, um, Seraphon, like a lot of those armies, uh, Daughters of Cain, you don't really see an incarnate in there because they, they generally don't want to waste the points on things that aren't getting their stuff. I, I like Personally, I'm for it. I think everything has a season. I love that you're seeing these big magical beasties roaming around. I don't mind that they're common. Um, we were chatting off air just before we started. I I love that Purple Sun and uh, Endless Spells got such a glow up this edition because for my money, they were the coolest thing that Age of Sigmar ever did. The idea that magic exists physically on the table as a model and you can watch spells ripping their way across the battlefield and then they sucked or they weren't interesting or they weren't good. So you saw like two really good ones and none else like you saw you know like warp lightning vortex and whatever and that was about it now yes everyone's got a purple sun but you're because a lot of the endless spells got better you're seeing so many different types like kind of like put out there and i i love it and so for the same reason i don't think the incarnate's going to be around forever it's here for a good time not a long time but i enjoy it while it is because i think it's a really cool fun kind of thing to see flying around and yeah it sucks when one rampages through your army but that's one of the things where i'm like this this is a cool engaging thing in the game as it, opposed to it also isn't guaranteed right like yeah it, it fucks up a load like like mm. you know for every like statistically it should be fine but because the dice the pivot on it is so big the pendulum mm. swings so heavily you're like like <laughs> when i played chris uh like i threw the purple sun at like my incarnate was on level one i threw the purple sun at his croak rolled a two on the croak and then one on my incarnate right <laughs> just took it off the board <laughs> right <laughs> right you're like oh no bro <laughs> so yeah. You've got these like really interesting moments where I mean, obviously, I shouldn't have made it be there, but I was like, whatever, lol, this is great. Um, you've got those interesting moments where it isn't as impactful as it is, like, it isn't impactful as maybe it should be, but then I don't think he, 
I don't know if it always is as impactful as it should be. I think in some situations it snowballs because there's like there's that finality to it, right? Where um, just thinking about uh, Carl's game versus Bill at some slaughter last week, Carl um, got his incarnate up to a level three by killing a magma droth, and then there was literally nothing in Bill's army that was going to ever kill it, right? Mm. But for a moment. Maybe it was going to go down to level one and get taken off the board. So, but as soon as that happened, you were like, "Okay, it's level three now. It's all over." So, like, I don't know how I feel about it. I get the I get the emotional hatred for it, but it look it feels like it's good for the health of the shit armies. Like, is mm. kind of where I'm at with it, and and I honestly don't know what the answer is. Like, and I, and I'm okay not knowing if that makes sense because I think it's I just a case like of... that it comes with free terrain. You like that it comes with free terrain. Yeah, like you buy it and you get a load of free terrain with it. I like beautiful. I like that that ninety percent of the incarnates are not the the official ones. Hazel's put it in the chat, and I think that's hit the nail on the head too. It's cool when everyone can take a thing that's good, so you see all these rad conversions to suit armies. Like I, I I've seen more either three D printed or, or or totally converted incarnates than I've seen real incarnates. And yeah, every the... time I see them, I'm like, these are wicked. The Bad Moon Loons did a really nice one. Did they? Yeah, have you not seen it? I think um, Daniil played it with Zinc Army. Oh, yes. Yes, I did see that. That yeah. was fun. I saw one that was a Cities of Sigma, like Frostheart, uh, a Flamesfire Phoenix, but it was a conversion. I've seen loads of 3D printed ones. I've seen loads of like, like there's some fun stuff. Nathan, you could do, uh, aren't you, Nathan, potentially using a Dreadmoor as one? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've got an old Dreadmoor set aside, and I was like, when they came out, I thought, oh, I could use that as, as an incarnate. But, yeah, I'll take 60 gits instead. I think my incarnate's the best do. one. What's yours? Um, I've got a big base. Right. Yep. I put a Balewind Vortex on it. Nice, perfect. And on top of the Balewind Vortex, the cockatrice. <laughs> <laughs> That's also very good. Uh, well done. Well played. Nice. Um, <laughs> I do like the conversions, actually. I think uh, uh, one of the Northern Ireland lads used an Onyx model from Pokemon, says David Smith in the chat. That's Great. pretty fun. Yeah. Great. So like, I think for the hobby and the whole thing, I think it's pretty fun. Also, really excited for them releasing the next incarnate, whatever it is. And I'm praying, everyone with me on this, that it's exactly the same base. Right? And then then everyone will just be like, everyone will just be like, this is my incarnate also for, like, which incarnate is it? It's the other incarnate. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. Incarnate Um, 2.0, now with armor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, now with armor. Yeah. Like, it comes with expansion packs that you can glue onto it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, that would be a great, like an IKEA styling incarnate. You know, like the old Space Marine Commander box that came with a ton of different bits, and you could make your or like fantasy Warhammer Fantasy around the time of the Empire General. It was like it came with so many options. You could build like one on a horse and one. That's your incarnate. It comes with an Allen key and a bunch of options, and depending on what you put on it, it changes your incarnate's abilities. That seriously, Games Workshop, do that. I, I only want two percent. That's why you just want to play with Barbies. Yeah, yeah Barbie you, that's why we play with War yeah. Dolly. We yeah, all just true. want Barbies that kill each other. Yeah. I have mine on a Dreadsorian base. Oh my God, no! Thank God, please no. <laughs> uh, right, okay. So uh, the next subject is I'm going to quickly go uh, uh, to the loo while we do this. Um, the next subject is uh, endless spells, right? Uh, and I really want to be oh. here for this. So uh, just just talk about your feelings about it, and I'll pop back as soon as, as, soon as I can. 
so I think we should talk about Barbies personally. I mean, that's um, some, you know, like a it's summon a yeah. Barbie. Okay, so if like who would you put it like what would you turn a Barbie into if you had to put one in your list? I think is what I want to know. Like, would it be your uh, incarnate? If, if that like, was incarnate the basis of, fashion? of your your um conversion. Of a model. Yeah. You get given a Barbie and you have to put it into your list. What does it become? Like a Moor Crusher? Like where? What? Marathi. <laughs> yeah, just a big Barbie walking along, like crushing people in high heels. Perfect. Uh, let's get Margot Robbie in on this and we're ready to go. Yeah. Um, or yeah, a rock idol. Yeah. Avatar of Marathi. Yep. Good. Battle Cow. Rad. Keeper of Secrets. Terrifying. Okay. We probably should talk about it in the spells. My, there's, there's, my cock, there's my incarnate. <laughs> someone's like is it uh, do you remember does anyone remember like in the chat if you remember as well during i think it was the first general's handbook when the Baelwin vortex was a summonable spell before endless spells were like a thing thing and you could get you couldn't put a monster on it but the changeling could swap positions with something yeah, so Zeke's yeah, yeah, were doing yeah, yeah. this tricky, shitty little thing where they, the changeling would be in the middle of your opponent's army, then they'd summon a Baelwin Vortex, and then using the change host, they could swap with a, a um, what's it called, a Lord of Change, and you would have a Lord of Change in the middle of your opponent's army. You couldn't go within three inches of it because the Baelwin kept them away, and then he'd just stand up there shooting and casting magic. It was... Some top tier bullshit, Every but I love it. Every time I see the Baelwin Vortex, it just reminds me of um, when Storm of Magic came out in Fantasy. Mm. And then you play that game and everyone put that like, amazing caster on these yeah. things. And you have all these ridiculously sized models on top mm. of these tiny, tiny scenery pieces. Um, and I played dwarves, so then I'd just shoot them with a cannon. I'd be yeah. like, Rad, <laughs> so good that you're out there. Like, and then someone would miscast and you'd turn them into a frog. <laughs> 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 I remember one time watching uh, playing Chaos, uh, and you remember the old Chaos you rolled and whatnot, um, playing against Nagash, and Nagash failed a leadership test and turned into uh, a, a a dude, just a regular spawny dude or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, best way to end the game ever. <laughs> uh, sorry, we spoke about Barbies a little bit, and then we spoke about putting bin chickens on Baelwin vortexes oh, uh, like no. the old change host teleport a lot of change on a Baelwin yeah. vortex so in the chat yeah. in the chat uh, obviously someone's asked what happened to the Baelwin vortex and, and it was just removed without explanation it got turned into incarnate yeah welcome to welcome to games workshop games um okay so endless spells i was very excited about them at the start of the edition uh, I mm -hmm. even so much I went back and did a tier show. If you're watching this, you can obviously go find that mm -hmm. uh, on the YouTube's. Did a tier show for the Ender Spells. Pretty hype about the Ender Spells. Still is kind of my thoughts. Nathan, kick us off. How are you feeling about the Ender Spells at the moment? They had a big glow up in this battle pack, right? Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. I think uh, I've always had a couple in. I'm definitely happier to take a couple with me now. Um, yeah. They're proper, they've got great functionality. Uh, the generic ones are really good. Uh, there's loads of great shouts in there that, that I've not even seen yet, which I expect to see, like the Quicksilver Swords and stuff like that. So good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. So um, I've played against the Geminids of Ulgush again. Uh, I, I think they're proper interesting. Um, but then even just the faction ones, 
they're mm. great. My Gits faction ones, I've enjoyed using them. Um, mm. Yeah. The, the only problem is obviously you're spending points, and then in some games, uh, those points, you may as well just chuck them out the window because you're playing against uh, a magic Dom army that will just shut you down. Yeah, so doms are a term. I'm Doms and subs, I'm not really <laughs> super... Like, I don't have the... Nathan, just quickly throw doms and subs so we understand what we're talking about. Well, dom is, is abbreviated for dominant, so obviously mm -hmm. uh, we all know what that word means, yeah? Try. And then sub, <laughs> sub is, is uh, subpar, sort of subservient. Uh, mm, yeah. Submissive. I mean, yeah, submissive. You don't... Don't often Submarine. that turn. Submarine, yeah. yes. Yeah, you yeah. often when people are talking about doms and subs in relation to their kinks, what they mean is I like to get busy several several fathoms below the surface and the water level of the planet. That's, that's why it's really hard for me. Because, uh, you know, if you're just on any of those dating sites, often people, like, they don't understand that what you mean is that you want to be in a long metal tube full of semen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. There you go. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> too Christmassy. Uh, yeah, too yeah, too Christmassy. I think maybe, but too like still, still yeah, Christmassy yeah. enough. Yeah. So the <laughs> uh, so the Ender Scrolls different words with sub in now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sub subway. Subway. Yeah, subway. It's like it's like oh man, I'm such a sub, and then you're standing there being like foot long roast chicken. Yeah, that guy <laughs> took it quite far though. So. Um, uh, okay, so <laughs> uh, so there are magic doms, of course. Mm. Let's talk about a couple of those magic doms, shall we? Because this is meant to be kind of like more of an intro video, but mm. also I think also has a lot of high-level chatting as well, which is good. Uh, so obviously, I probably... Let's throw some out there. I've got to feel like Croak is one of the biggest magic doms in the game, both for casting mm. and unbinding. Um, he's yep. got... Uh, he can have plus four to cast... Plus two from plus one no plus three to cast plus one from his war scroll, plus one from the uh, the the uh, the the constellation, plus yeah. another plus one from the uh, the Astroth banner bearer which is always in the list. So actually plus three, and I don't know where the other plus one might come from. I can't remember. Maybe arcane. arcane. Oh yeah, arcane terrain. Is the realm shaper arcane? No idea. Well, they probably say it is. Yeah, they probably say. I, it I is. would. Yeah. Yeah, but it's probably not the fucking big power bombs or whatever they are. Um, uh, so yeah, so he's three mm. uh, casts and casts four spells, but also mm. probably importantly can unbind at infinite range, um, yeah. and that feels mm. like the because he's also plus three to unbind and to disbind. unbind. And that I think I that's really... actually Go that's on. the bigger thing in a magic dom army is the ability to unbind power with buffs like it that's this i for me that's the stronger thing like if i go up against an army and they're like oh well they get pluses to cast you're like okay that's that's cool but when you go up against like nagash or people with plus positives to unbind and greater unbind range that's when you're like that's really powerful because you're not just uh you're not just putting your own stuff out there you're projecting it in your opponent's turn yeah yeah I, that's the bit that's strong for me what do you think adam uh, I really dislike the unbind from board wide because even if I put my caster at the back of the board, it doesn't matter. Yes. Um, so like, like sometimes like you, you especially if you're, you're a one drop, you'll deploy your caster right at the back, so you should be out of unbind range. But obviously against Croak, it doesn't matter. Whereas if you come up against like Nagash, who's also got pluses to cast, at least his unbind range is only thirty inches. Mm. So then you can at least play 
to that a little bit. Mm. Yeah, now Nagash is also a, an obvious one. I, I think it's the infinite unbind like range that is the super effective yeah. element of it. Uh, Nathan, you got any thoughts on on Croak necessarily? Uh, yeah, I mean he's pain in the butt, uh, uh, and yeah, I, I think I mean uh, we get a little plus one from standing now shrine, uh, but. Yeah, I just find against armies like Croak or Teclas, Nagash, uh, even even Thankwall has got loads to unbind plus, with now. Plus three, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, the Zinch Lord of Change is quite hard to cast spells against. Obviously, Kairos as well. Uh, those that have got the the Spell Eater ability, they're a pain in the butt because then they're mm. just eating your endless spells as well. So yeah. Those are the ones that are uh, make it less like me, less likely for me to really invest in in the spells. But I do like to take a couple with me anyway. Mm. Yeah, well, so so we've got Croak, we've got Nagash, obviously with the pluses to cast and the pluses to yeah. unbind is also very very strong as well. I but, would say, yeah, I, I was going to say, I would say Hallow Heart as an army. They don't strictly have a strong caster, but like three four models pump out six to eight spells with minimum plus two usually more they've got great like casting yeah. like they've got great yeah. casting i think I and think if you the... put a couple of rune lords in there you've got uh unbinds with plus two so you can start to to bounce that around i think the cheeky part is the unbinding the dispelling i think that's the kind of secret source mm. that's out there at the minute um we saw jeremy Vissier just this weekend do really well with a vamp lord with plus three to cast i think um mm. uh, which he was taking we also have seen Rykonor taken in a bunch of nighthorn lists just for the ability to plus three cast his candle yeah uh, yeah um has been something as well so people are really looking and even spending quite a lot of points on wanting to cast spells be they endless spells mm. or their own law spells but i think those unbinds come in pretty clutch zinch obviously with destiny dice Kairos dice and also the big birds have got some great anti-magic in there as well um mm. i'm not sure so i really like the eidolon of the sea yes because he's casting. got a natural well yeah cause he's got a natural reroll. so yeah he's only got two unbinds two casts but because they're always re-rolling mm. like it's fairly reliable like if you're playing up against nagash and you roll a seven yeah, it may be cast, but you go, mm, I'll probably just throw a reroll at it. We also what's, saw, he's we, he's expensive though, isn't he? Three twenty five or three or three fifty Yeah, three thirty five or something like that. Yeah. He's not that expensive. And actually yeah. he does a lot of work for what he's doing there. So mm. I think also uh some of the other stuff that's going off uh, around like magic and magic casting is um it, like I say, the anti magic seems very, very strong. Um, mm. but like some armies really kind of weirdly rely on some of those magic spells to go off and then when everyone else is just like starting to swing their dick into the field because they're like I really want to do some big spells you're like uh oh this is a bit of a disaster now I haven't seen much um, like auto unbinds other than Hosar Khan and maybe making a bit of a comeback but I have seen because I haven't seen many encounters as an example but some of the stuff I have seen um, is uh, I've seen oh, what was I going to say Techless Return I've seen Teclas return in a big way over the course of the weekend, which kind Why? of means, because he's a great caster for some just of those. Kill him in a turn. But he's also a great anti-caster. Like I think that's the kind of bit as well. I don't know. Like he's I got, think he's that, got one one auto unbind. 
he had and no pluses but i feel like that's the key one right like a lot of the early um uh a lot of the early skaven lists were i'm gonna do thankwall in a boat so you've spent thankwall mm. 300 and whatever points yeah and then you've bought the lakwan the soul seeker the end of spell which moves a character which is another fucking 70 points or whatever it is oh no actually he's only 40 points or something dumb mm. he's like he's super cheap. yeah 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 but then you're like, and so like you're not spent tons, but you're like, he's in the list to go in the boat. And when he doesn't get to go in the boat in the first turn, you're like, where's he going? Like he's just walking mm. across the board like a slow ass bitch. Right. And I think <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not like a four inch. Isn't he a six? He's an eight. He, he can move. He can move. Yeah. Okay. So I think there's a really good like uh, caster, anti-caster kind of conversation at the minute, mm. which brings me on to, I got to say it. Now we're into it. How do we feel about Purple Sun? That's where we're at. Like, it's been in hilarious. the game. Hilarious. Oh, so some big thumbs. Adam, hilarious. Dan, hilarious. Nathan, where are you at with it? It's all right. It's a thing that does things. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, always fun if, it's always fun if you can get steal the one off of your opponent and ram it down their throat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. The, yeah. the Purple Sun... When endless spells first emerged from the womb of that malign sorcery box, endless spells were, for me, were the coolest thing, and the Purple Sun was the big bad of that box, right? It came out, it was hefty, it looked impressive, and it was all of the stuff around it was, like, terrifying. It was the end-given form, it was like the, the timeless power of death, it was everything. And then it was just like a fart in a hurricane in that you barely smelt it. Like it just went and it was gone. And then you never saw really saw Purple Sun again. And no. now finally Purple Sun kicks as much ass as it should have. And you see it and it is fantastic. And I love it. I think it is fair. I think it's awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah. Nathan, you thinking good, bad? Um. I, it's not a spell that I'm likely to take, although it is good. I think the the rend that it gives your units is really good, and that if I was to take it, would be for that. Uh, the the thing where it eats units on a one that can be fun for you if it eats somebody else's unit on a one. It does. Uh, somebody's important thing on a one. I bet that is fun. Um, I can also see that some people will have a bit of a downer when that happens, but yeah, you know, that's just the game. It is a dice game, so that's what it's going to be. Uh, Deadly terrain. Deadly terrain used to take models off one yeah, one. Yeah, I've I've lost True. a few monsters to I've that. Seen Archaon like fly into terrain, roll a one, and like somehow Dorgar stepped on a pointy stick, rolled over, and crushed. The, the supreme commander of chaos. That's true. We they, do have. We but do at least have. That was your own fault. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's your fault to be near the sun. You know where it moves. Yeah, I yeah, also... It's not your fault when your opponent casts it, turn one, and goes, ha, yeah, lol. But, but this is my point. I would mu you know If that's going to happen to me, I would much rather if it's because of something my opponent did and it was a part of the game rather than what happened. I moved. I walked to where I needed to walk to, and I died. Like, I'd rather be like, what happened? I got eaten by the end-given form. That's a, like, It's a much better way to go. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I, I don't know, Adam. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Tell me about it. Um, I think it's funny, okay, but I good. do think Agreed. it's terrible for the game. Like, not a uh, so like for me, I couldn't care less if my opponent's got it in their list. 
Like, genuinely couldn't care less. They can cast it on me because I know exactly what it does. I know how to play against it. And I, I know how to almost use it against them as well. Okay. So, like, the amount of times my opponents cast it into me, and I'll actually bubble around it. So if they ever charge me, I've got the rend. Okay, that's fair. That um, makes sense. Which is quite a fun little play to do. But you, you, you think about the... So sometimes I, for a casual game... I've now got to drive 45 minutes to an hour to get to a game. And if my like buddy's taking Purple Sun or like I go to a pickup game, they've got Sun, and I want to try Teclas, I want to try, or not maybe not Teclas, I want to try Archeon, they throw it forward, roll the one, I go, cool, that was a pointless game for me driving. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, that, like, that seems super so, fair. Like, competitively, whatever, but like the people that aren't playing in that, which is like 90% of the people, it's crap. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I think probably for a casual game, probably not not as fun. I think you could probably play it in a casual game and then just be like, "Look, we're never gonna roll the 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 d six if that makes sense." Yeah, so but then, so yeah. You, when when you go to a pickup game, is what I mean. So yeah, like no, that's, that's what I'm game, saying. In like... a in a pickup game, you could say that. You could just be like, "Let's assume I never roll the one, and then I'll practice with it with the mm. rend if that makes sense." Not thinking about it, because I know when I used it, I was only ever using it to try and get a one. I was never yeah, yeah. thinking, and then I would get somewhere. I'd be like, "Oh my god, you're minus one save! This is great!" Like I haven't really, I haven't really played it that way. Whereas I think a lot of like the Reaver spam lists or mm. um, the Bliss Bar of Archer spam lists, where you're looking for that additional plus one rend, or even a Sylvaneth list with the Bow Hunters, mm. like you're looking for that plus one rend, and so like that's really really good because you're orientating that way and not really thinking about trying to auto slay mm. a model. Um, it's pretty divisive though in the community. I don't think I've seen people rage, but I've seen games won, like and therefore lost because the purple sun was on the board and someone just rolled a one. So yeah. I, I, it feels like it's not very representative <clears throat> of a skill floor, especially when. I... Go on, Dan. Mm. Oh, sorry. No, no, sorry, no, no. Keep going. I, I was. I'll throw. I was going to say, it, especially in conjunction with the, the, um, the incarnate. Because if you're thinking about those two pieces as two, like, maybe problem pieces or, like, those two kind of things in, in the game at the moment, it feels like the Incarnate lifts armies up and doesn't really mm. help top armies. And then it feels like the Purple Sun really benefits armies that have the ability to do X. And then your opponent's like, well, I guess I'll just die. Like, like you know, they, they've got those those intrinsic bonuses. I'm not really sure, like, but mm. I feel like it's really fun. But then I've enjoyed using it. And I think probably Adam's right that for the health of the game, it could probably not do the auto slay. That seems okay. Like, mm. I still think the rend is great, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I think competitively it's fine. But it's yeah. just more for, like, the middle tables at uh, an event or even just when you go for a pickup game. It's just terrible. Mm. Yeah, imagine playing, like, day two of a, of a two-day event and you're both 0-3. Yeah, and your opponent's mm. like, now's the time I'm going to cast a sun. And you're like, probably we could just have a laugh and not <laughs> and yeah. not auto-slay my models. That seems okay. Like, I, maybe the, don't the, do the that. Thing, I don't know. The thing I love about it is a bunch of those armies that uh, my cities struggled to bust open, like, um, that love to, to just castle up, uh, like Seraphon and um, Nurgle when I've come up against them in that regard. If I throw a sun, like if they know I have a sun, they're a lot less likely to castle. And if they know I've got a sun and pluses to cast, they're like, oh shit, he's, he, there's a good chance he gets it out. And they're worried about putting all of those hard to kill units in that back like little pocket, because if I can get the sun over to it, they're in a lot of trouble. So 
I like the sun for that reason. And like when you see, for me, there was a photo that, that started doing the rounds on Twitter of like two Bastilodons side by side with ones next to them and a purple sun in between. And I was like, get some. Like, I, I'm like, yeah, you know what? If you castle Bastilodons so that your opponent can't kill them any other way, don't be disappointed when they're like, that is a target rich environment for the end of all things. Uh, and then <laughs> flicks the sun at you. Yeah, I don't, I, I still don't know where I am with that either. I definitely understand that it's like very problematic, but like I mean, so is so so were like six Colonel Hunters with plus five to cast, teleporting through a wa- wood, kicking your fucking dick in, and being like, "I'm also going to teleport away now. You can't fight me back. Fuck off, bye." Like that also feels like like when when Adam rallies his one Dragon Ogre back into five Dragon Ogres, he must be like, "This is pretty sweet." Like I'm enjoying this. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. and it's generically available, mm. but some armies just don't have it as good as others. I guess, like you know, you're not having a fire slayer army with a purple sun thrown in, as an example. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Have you got like a yes or no? What would you do, Nathan? Yes. Or, what would you do with the purple sun right now? Would you leave it as is, or would you do something? Yeah, I'd leave it as is. I'm, I'm not that put out by it, and I think people will. We'll learn to play with it and against it. Uh, okay. Uh, what do you think, Adam? What you got? You got kind of like a final wrap up on Purple Sun, maybe? Uh, I think like overall, it is fine. It is literally just for people that aren't wanting to play properly. If that makes sense. Like if you if you're playing if you want to play properly, it's probably fine. But if you're, a, I don't want to say I don't want to say, use the term if you're a filthy casual, you know. <laughs> but like like for those people, I think it just sucks. It's just boring. Mm. Yeah, okay, that seems fair. And Dan, what do you think? Veteran and events, I think absolutely. But I I would agree in the same way that if you're playing pickup games and, and like, casual games, there are a lot worse things, I would argue, that you can bring to them that detract from that game experience than a Purple Sun, in my opinion. Like, if that's going to be the reason to be like, don't use it, I'd be like, fuck, I've shown up and been like, cool, what are we playing? And they tell me their list, and I'm like... Oh, I'm like, it's just fucking two hours and I'm going to hate every second of this. Whereas if they were like, oh, I'm taking a purple sun, I, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, I'm going to hate every second of this. So I would say that I, I don't feel as, as I enjoy it. I've been sunned and I have sunned others and I have enjoyed every second of it. There's some great dice roll moments, though, when you look at oh, that person so- in the eye. Like, so much fun, and they're the roller two, and they're the happiest person in the world. They're like, yeah. yes, dodged it for another. <laughs> but, like, but that's even- good for them. The moment when you're like, which unit are we starting with? You know, like you just, you as soon as someone says that, you feel it's like, you know, in a game show when the, the lights dim and then the spotlights come up and it's like, dun dun. Like that's that moment every Purple Sun time. And I, it's like the, when, what was it? The Star Seer used to choose a dice number and then if your opponent could match it, they got re-rolls or Nagash's Hand of Dust. It's like that for me. It's always fun and I love it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun one. Um, I'm not certain where we are with it, like as a thing, and I'm and I'm Everyone very comfortable. I think I'm very comfortable with that. Like I think I think actually the mark of something that's maybe like super engaging is that mm. it's not like let's te- definitely fuck this off. But also mm. maybe I'm like a bit you know, um, neut- traumatized. That's not the right word. That's not the word I'm looking for. Like I, like someone's like I'm gonna shoot my bow snakes twice now. And you're like yeah cool like. Good. This is fine. Desensitized. Yeah, desensitized. Yeah, a little bit desensitized. (laughs) I'm like, all right, yeah, okay. 
Um, I don't know, like Adam, you got much to play if you had much opportunity to play against the new Sylvaneth. Yeah, yeah, uh, more than I'd like. Yeah, and I imagine when someone <laughs> teleports in with insert horrible unit here, lifts some shit off and then teleports yeah, away. Yeah, that's five hundred points compared to seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, of course, and they use the like... ability. No, I'm not saying. What I mean is, though, is the first time that happens to anyone, because I think there's a load of people that still haven't played New Sylvaneth, and the first time that happens to them, they're going to be like, "What the fuck did you just say?" They're like, "I teleport away now. You don't fight me." And they're like, "That seems, that seems like bullshit to me." Can I read your rule? Because yeah. it's, it's, it is bullshit. Like, so I think that's fun. All right, uh, to wrap the show up. To wrap it up, um, let's just throw out some like kind of like uh, big stuff that's out there that you're interested in. Um, Nathan, Dan, and Adam, I know I'm just l- jumping this on you. Chat, same opportunity. Uh, what do you think some of the big bads are out there, or like the fun combos, or like uh, give me something out there that's like crazy at the minute? Uh, I've got kind of a list of like uh, things that I think people are going to stand out and talk about. The Cruciator for the minus one damage for mm. um, for Night Haunt seems pretty key. Uh, the teleport in and strike and attack away mm. for Sylvaneth seems very strong at the moment. Uh, those things like seem like kind of like key components of lists that do well. Uh, Nathan, mm. what about you? Yeah, I think uh, the stacking of the bonuses that Nighthorn get when they charge on in, where they suddenly like, I'm 12 rend and you're fighting last <laughs> and <laughs> all of that this is the stuff. Worst. That, is, <laughs> that can be a tough tough one to yeah, handle yeah. sometimes yeah. Uh, really love a bit of night haunt bingo it feels a bit <laughs> emotional right yeah i mean yeah they're obviously a very strong army at the moment i think that's um when that first happened to me i was like yeah that's uh that sucks being hit by these ghosts mm. yeah okay what yeah. about you adam what you got Give me something. Uh, I mean, the Nighthawk bingo is probably the worst thing at the moment. Um, but I, it's, it's, I'm actually, I, I quite like how the game is at the moment. Like, because everyone's got a bit of jank that is available to them. Mm. Um, but, like, the Sylvaneth thing is annoying, but you can play against it once you've played it a few times. Um, I think the, one of the worst ones is actually everyone with a 4-plus rally. <laughs> yeah that, that could fuck yeah. off real soon yeah, yeah. Like, like i am utilizing that like i've specifically taken six dragon ogres just for the four plus rally but every time i do it i have such a smile on my face and my opponent's looking at me like i've just sent so much in to kill five mm. and you've bought four back and i'm like i know it's great <laughs> isn't it like and also, I don't get the, I don't understand the concept of rally. Like they get back into the fight. Like if they've just they been, like, they've been magicked or had their heads chopped off or something, and then someone's like, "Oi, get back up!" And everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I guess I'll just like and, and back into the fight." Winded. Fuck off, you're dead. They're winded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, yeah just they, walk, they're just walking it off during the battle. Yeah, they yeah. they actually just took. They sitting on a rock on the side. They're just like. Oh, fuck me, that was a bit of a stroll, wasn't it? Yeah, really, you need to get a bit more cardio in. And then someone's like, oi, here, have a, have a Gatorade and get back. They're like, oh, yeah, sorry, I was just, I was dehydrated. That's what it was. I got stabbed and shot a lot, but it was the dehydration that was stopping me That's from That's the fighting. bit that got me. Yeah, Obviously. the rally, well, yeah, the rally. You leak a lot when that happens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the rally's a bit strong, right? Like, like Adam's talking about Daughters of Cain, although I mentioned them a lot today. So, um, like, that's also pretty strong. All the, um the nine spite revenants doing it on a five plus then bringing one back on a two plus and then the spells bring back another one yeah. that's fun that's fun uh, yeah that's that's yeah, a lot plus, 
The four plus rally thing is a problem because often the armies that take best advantage of it already have multi-wound, hard-to-kill models that are incredibly powerful. If it was Rally only worked on single-wound models, I actually don't think it would be as big a problem. Doors but it's if... Yeah, True, but, but, I, it's, but, it's... <laughs> but on the whole, think about single-wound models, apart from Daughters of Cain, and I think just because it's fucked for one army doesn't mean not to, to implement a rule, but I think it's the problem is a four-plus Rally on snakes in Daughters of Cain is fucking rough. You know, like a four-plus yeah. Rally on a unit of 30 ungold that are an expert conquerors? Yeah, it's pretty rough. True. It, yeah. That's pretty rough. Uh, yeah, like I think, uh, I think also because the activations are in a weird spot as well, right? Like also, mm. like I haven't mentioned this, but this is something for me. Someone write an FAQ for the beginning of the hero phase, yeah? And I want to know. Like someone's like, I'm gonna do these eight things, and then I'm gonna choose a battle tactic. I'm like, no, motherfucker, choose your battle tactic. <laughs> get on yeah. with the game, the... right? I was yeah. literally all weekend. I was like, they were like, do you want to do battle tactic? I was like hang on a second, just wait. And I'd be like, I'm going to do my Dragon Ogre move first. Just did all that. <laughs> and then I'd be like, right, now I'm going to see if I get a command point. Oh, I did. I'll spend that on a summoning point. And then there was another thing that I needed to do. And then I went, now I'll choose my battle tactics. Thank you. Yeah. I think and the it was the best fun uh, ever. I think the problem is, is that everyone has something like, because there's also in there is like, you're like, okay, when are you going to start casting? Because I, so the start of the hero phase is when I try and unbind your purple sun. Yeah. Mm. So sometimes you'll be like, you'll be like, okay, like, cause no one really declares. No one's like, okay, so that's the, all the end of the start of the hero phase stuff. Now my first spell. Everyone's just like, okay, heroic action, blah, 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 battle tactic, first spell, mystic shield. And you're like, oh, by the way, I'd like to unbind it. Like, oh, I've started the hero phase now. And you're like, well, you never announced we were but starting. But then that's when you call your opponent and, an idiot yeah. and say right next time you tell me when the end of your like so like when i was doing it for example i'd be like cool i'm gonna start my start of the hero phase first and then they'd be like oh i'm gonna be with my heroic action i'm like no no you need to wait because it's still my activation yes if that makes sense yeah. and then i'd say now you can do your start of the hero phase stuff then they do their heroic action and i'm like cool now i'm going into my hero phase but i wouldn't but mind like, seeing that just clear. yeah i just wouldn't mind seeing that written out like by games yeah. workshop uh, preferably but by someone else just like start of the battle round start of the hero fix because then because you do a lot now you're like right start of the so start of a battle round okay everyone gets cp all right start the hero phase by the way do you want a proving ground something oh fuck yeah this maybe oh mm. shit activate an objective oh, i've done that okay by the way i'd like to stop your purple sun sorry i'm th with three turns in you're like oh shit um and i think i think that's that's probably my biggest bugbear at the minute like is i'm not really I think sure a lot of that is just people not playing the game properly like genuinely, like it's a lot of people trying to quickly game to their advantage. Yeah, that like they're trying to skip it to I don't think deny true. their opponent. But, but yeah. I don't if, think if your opponent, if your opponent says to you, "Oh, you can't do it now because it's not my, it's not the start of my hero phase," then they're being a dick. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, yeah. I, I agree. I think, but I think that there's also a fair point because you're kind of letting your opponent do quite a lot of stuff. Like you said, you were like, "I'm going to drag an ogre move. I'm going to do a battle tactic. I'm going to get CP. I'm going to do another thing." Like when you're playing Croak, for instance, you're like, "I'm going to generate some crown points. I'm going to do another thing." Blah blah blah. And then, and then he's like, "And you're like, oh, sorry, I didn't know at what point we actually moved into you doing other shit." Like I don't know when. I think that's just table etiquette, though. So like I, me I... and Dan on game, I mean we were playing literally table one, game five, and it was such a I'm gonna do this now. It's your turn to do that now. It's my turn, and then do you know what I mean like it's that's just that social contract that I think people should just do. 
Yeah, I agree. If you're not doing it, you're not playing the game properly. Can I bring up one thing? I know we said we were wrapping the show up, but like, I just want to bring up one thing because it was really interesting. And mm. I've been talking about this a lot offline, but not sure if I've been talking about it online. There's this thing in Magic the Gathering where um, you have to maintain the board state. So like, if your mm. opponent is meant to do something and they forget to do it and you don't tell them, you both get yellow cards. Obviously them for mm. not doing something they should have done, but also you for like not allowing helping. it yeah for love allowing that. it yeah for allowing it um and i love that i wouldn't mind obviously mm. no one in the fucking world gets the yellow card in age of sigmar like literally like just fucking move models everywhere and someone would be like oh, he was mm. just trying he's just learning uh but like i wouldn't mind seeing uh like that implemented because i really don't like the idea of it being more the gotcha system if that makes mm. sense i'm far less interested in that and i much more prefer the idea of maintaining the board state like which i think is a really mm. nice way of saying it because there's always that conversation you have a lot well i told him everything i could do but like he didn't connect all the dots as an example and you're like well mm. like where like because you don't want to over explain what your tactics are but you also mm. don't want to disarm your like you don't want to give your opponent too little information but it's like when your opponent doesn't choose a battle tactic they have mm. to choose a battle tactic. There's no rule in the game yeah. which says you can't choose one. So yeah. if you then go to the end of the turn and you go, haha, you didn't choose a battle tactic, then that's on you as well. And you, yeah. like, you know, whereas, but it's also the case if your opponent picks, like, barge through enemy lines mm. and then they don't actually put the models in there, that's not on you to remind them. No, Does that it's, make yeah. Sense? yeah, it's not. Like, on... So it's, it's more like the reminding them to do something but not telling them how to play the game. Yeah, mm. like, but a good one. I like, you know, when you're on a burn mission, you're like, are you going to burn this objective? Feels like a good question to ask. Yeah. Like, sometimes you mm. feel like that's probably detrimental to, like, the overall score for me, but it's also worth asking for them. Like, I, I think, like, I prefer that. Like, I still think we're in very early, like, Age of Sigmar terms. What, I was playing 40k this weekend, and actually, I didn't necessarily hear lots of, like, enunciation on, like, what was being rolled to hit, what was being rolled to wounds. And I think there's, a, I think there's definitely, like, a far more, like, I guess robotic, but ultimately a little bit more communicative style that could be played, which I found quite interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I like that. Uh, would you like to redeploy? I think this is a nice one, says Hazel on the chat. That's a good one. Like, yeah, hey, I disagree with that one. You disagree with that one? I've moved within so nine I inches. Think, I think because that's a sort of a core rule at this point, that's one that your opponent should know. And like you, you then it's their opportunity to measure. They can go, they can tell you to stop. Sense. So if when you move, you should wait, but you shouldn't. I don't think you should necessarily remind them to redeploy. Yeah, I guess I would always because tell that them that I've cool moved rule. with. I guess I tell them I've moved within nine inches. I'm like, I've like, I've moved outside of four inches so I can charge. Just so you know, are you okay with that? And then they're like, yes. Because like, if, I just think like, like, um, uh, like it can that can be detriment. That is playing the game for them. Yeah, I. It's it. That's a tricky one too. Like it's Tavi says in the chat. Normally, I just move and say, "If you want to redeploy at any point, just stop me." That's a good one. Yeah, that's I mean, a good that's, one. that's the way to actually do it. Because the the hard thing is, there's also a point where it's like a redeploy is a reaction. Yeah, and and it's something that you you should be. It's a, you react to what's happening. So it's tricky because in some regards, you're like, "I want to do the right thing. I want to maintain the board state," and I'm not like for me. I'm like I'm a, I. I've had a, a couple of times where I'm like, I'm not going to let you redeploy now because they missed it, but I've made other decisions based on them not yeah. redeploying. And so I'm like, so if if we rewind to you being allowed to redeploy now, it's actually going to, the reason you want to do it is you've seen how my turn has continued to go. 
and yeah. now and so it would actually mess me up um and so i think that it that's a really tricky one um i do think redeploy is an exception to that yeah just okay. because it is like that's a core rule that if you're at an event your opponent should be aware of at least the core rules. That's like me saying, don't forget to put your models on the objectives. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. I guess so. I think, uh, yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. Go I think in. because you said you're going to wait, yeah, you move and then you wait to see how long are you mm. going to wait. I think if you just mention redeploy, then then if they say you no, then on. they can't later on, then you can just carry on. Whereas if they, and then they can't later on say, oh no, can I redeploy here now? So, well, no. But then I think, um, if because what a lot of people do to me, like I'll so like what what will happen if they so I'll move, I'll give say yeah. like three seconds in my brain, and then mm. I'll say, um, are you happy with that? Mm. Or like, rather than saying redeploy, or then as I'm about to move, they, my opponent sometimes will go, oh, can you just wait a second? I'm just thinking about redeploy, and that's when I go, yeah, no problem. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I think. I think the major issue is, is maybe someone. If that was the system, I think someone could just like move a unit, move a unit, move a unit, and you're like, shit, I didn't even take a moment to think about it, I guess. But again, like, that's the table etiquette that, like, I think it, there's, that's obviously talking about that social contract that I think everyone should have of, you know, if I, if I move something, I should wait. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know, I think I'd do it slightly differently, but then that's good, right? Like, everyone's just got, like, you've got different opinions to be, to hear. I mean, the thing to. is, we're not sitting here being like, nah, fuck them. They can do what it like. We're not sitting here doing that. We're saying like, what is the most like professionally sporting way to play yeah. against someone? Like we're not sitting here being like, like, which is fine. Like some people like, like Hazel, you're going to do it every single time. Other people are like that's going to slow it down. So I'll put like a, a blanket on it, but no one is sitting there being like, yeah, but if I do my moves really fast, I can get the second one in before they redeploy. And then they're boned. I'm saying, like, cause that's, that's just cheating, yeah. right? Yeah, like, that's just that's just being a douche. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the uh, thanks for the great chat. I think like I think that's really good. That's helped solidify some conversations about where the game is at at the minute. Uh, I still my personal I, I'll kind of like I, I wrap up the fourteenth time. Uh, I think the game is in a great place for people who want to play oh, a lot so and good. play at a certain level. In my opinion, um, I think that, yeah. that's I think it's in a good spot for that. Um, and I think I think it's it's the Wild West at the moment because we're at that beautiful point where it's been out and people have because it's not as massive a, a mess with a pandemic. People can be playing tournaments and playing events. So we're at that point where people are getting comfortable enough to explore. And so I, I would say that the most exciting thing is we're seeing 10 cockatrices take out an event like we're, we, we've seen Night Haunt in the ascendancy for the first time in how many bloody years since they actually were were a, an on table competitive threat. I think it's in a wicked place because it's the time where you're like, if you've ever wanted to try something stupid, try something stupid because you never like we might see terror geists and, and ghouls and all of that suddenly back on top. And that would be rad as well. So I'm just keen. I'm, I'm keen. I think it's going to be rad. Shout out to Brad trying yeah. to make that work. Didn't make I'm it work. Stupid ten yeah, yeah, that's true. Just take 10 I think it's a wild west for lists. I think definitely. Hey, you better hurry up because you've only got a few months left now. Well, that's the crazy <laughs> thing. The crazy thing is there's only five months left in this, in this, in this GHB. How fucking crazy is that? Thought I loved it, now I hate it. 
<laughs> what mm. the what the six month window? Yeah, like when, when it got announced, I was like, "Oh, that's cool. That'll be fresh." And now I'm like, "Jesus Christ! I played a month, and we're, I'm nearly at the new edition." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's pack it up. I've played one tournament. That's all I need. Yeah, I'm done now, boys. You get I'll you get your five and zero, and then you call it. You're like, "Yep, got it." And we're good out. <laughs> uh, it's been lovely uh, talking to you three. Thank you so much, Twitch chat. Thanks for joining us live, podcast uh, homies. Thanks for staying hydrated, especially in this. Do you know that this is the very first ever um, heat wave that's ever had a name? You know how they name hurricanes and tornadoes? First no, one. what's it called? I actually don't yeah. know. Uh, not death. Stacy. Stacy feels like a spicy, temperate <laughs> name. Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Aussie. <laughs> Zoe. Heat it's dome Stacy. This, this summer has been heat wave mm. Zoe. I don't know. Like Zoe feels wave, Zoe feels cool. Like Zoe feels like they're lounging by a pool in a breeze with like a with a mojito. Zoe doesn't feel like they're setting fire to the planet. Yeah, I feel uh, like I they that... should have been like Heatwave. We're pretty fucked. Like that should have been like yeah. the, the <laughs> yeah. name. Uh, but yeah. It's, yeah. I, I don't know if like because that doesn't make me more concerned and excite like keen to save the environment. If that makes sense, you know, like. Like if they were you like, you just want to meet the next heat wave. I've yeah, met yeah, Zoe. Like... She was all right. No, yeah, who's she was. <laughs> she didn't kill me. Like, whereas if it was like heat wave thundergrum or something, you'd be like, oh god, that's threatening. We need to do something about this heat. Whereas Zoe, like I'm like, heat wave Dave Dave's okay. Oh, that's Dave. Dave's here. Can't wait to see him again next summer. No, it's too nice. It's got to be threatening and violent. Just name it's it like... after the people that make them, don't you? Heat wave, heat wave Gary Shell. Heatwave Karen. Uh, right, well, uh, shout outs. Nathan, who's your first shout out for? Uh, shout outs. Uh, I'll shout out uh, Donal for coming second with Gets. Go, Donal. And I'll shout out Nick. I think he came 11th in that tournament that uh, that young lad won. So, he did. He did. That's true. That's true. So also with Gits or with Squigs again, gone back to the Squigs. So, yeah, that's all you ever Good. need. All right, uh, Adam, shout outs. Uh, uh, Dan Arnold, because he's my boy, and our game five was fantastic. Uh, it ended a little bit uh, weirdly. Uh, it was a bit awkward at the end, uh, but we we played it really well. And he's the most sporting person I've ever met in my life. Okay, cool. he he is a fucking treasure. Like I would come. Like, I like Dan Arnold is the best person in the world. Yeah, like if you, <laughs> I mean, there's even if you covered him in olive oil and then a little bit of chorizo, he couldn't be more of a snack. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh, you got any shout outs? Uh, I'm gonna shout out anyone who is running something that is probably massively overstocked in a Games Workshop warehouse somewhere. So like, if you're taking a unit that hasn't been bought in three to five years. Like like ten cockatrices. Shout out to you. You're the people that I love, and I would like. I look forward to hearing from the most tournament results. Yeah. Uh, um. My shout out is to you three. You three have been a delight. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Thanks for everyone uh, for helping me uh, fight the battle tech chuds. It's been the most. It's been a fun day. Um... <laughs> all right, cry baby. Yeah. All right, cry baby. Yeah. Okay, okay cry baby. Cram it down, you Euro trash homunculus. Yeah. Jesus. That's my, Twitter. Oh, that's, that's, my, that's my Twitter name now. Um, it's been lovely. <laughs> it's been lovely hanging out with everyone. Uh, and for everyone who goes to tournaments, has fun, enjoys themselves. Uh, I think that that makes everything a lot more alive. It's actually quite fun. Obviously like COVID last year and those years where we were locked down. Now it really feels like we're just like 
just bringing it all together. And there's lots of games playing, lots of tournaments, lots of people enjoying themselves. And I think that's really fun. So uh, I'm loving that. Uh, because honestly, when we get together, that's when people really realize that they've got loads in common and they can have fun, which is uh, a cool thing. Uh, thanks for listening. See you soon. Bye.